0: Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Finger Guns podcast. How are you doing? Marnie's Roscoe. I'm joined this week by Mr. Greg Hicks. I can't really beat you shouting, greetings, everyone. Sorry. Welcome <laughs> to the world of tomorrow. <laughs> I'm in a festive mood. What can I tell you?
1: That's good. That's good. I'm just trying to think if I can beat that. and I just went for the Futurama quote because it seems, to, it seems to cover a wide variety of things. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. How are you? I'm good. I'm not back in work until Wednesday. so Huzzah. yeah. But then I have to work from Wednesday straight
0: through to Saturday.
2: Yay.
0: Yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, well, shit happens. Yeah. Thank you for your service, as I keep saying. <laughs> I, really our...
1: don't, I honestly don't do very much. I'm not like...
0: I know, I know. I know, <laughs> I know like, on the importance of the NHS, Greg is... I, don't love I, it go, still.
1: To... I go there.
0: That's a joke. Yeah. yeah. You <laughs> help people. What do you do? Yeah. Toby Anderson, what's your best greeting? Evening. Wow, probably
3: <laughs> finally the YouTube same YouTube. voice at least. Yeah, <laughs> you had
0: a better one when you joined the Zoom call. What was that? What what was, I that? What was that? <laughs> I've
3: forgotten. Throwbacks. <laughs> no, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Cool.
0: Again, I haven't asked you yet, but I'm glad
3: you're. Oh here. yeah, you know sometimes when you just you know just preempting it, aren't I?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you are. You're you're
3: you're, you're going to ask that I'm okay, and I say I'm good, and you know I've just preempted it. You don't have to
0: ask. No. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm Mr. Sean. I'm in a festive Davies. mood too. Okay, good. Good. I'm Mr. Sean Davies. Your best greeting. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Knew that was coming. Oh, uh, right. All right. I don't
2: like. Okay. Hiya. How are <laughs> you doing? <laughs> Hiya, Hiya <North>. love. <laughs> hey, up in the docks. But it's Northern,
0: <laughs> Northern Graham Norton. Uh, yeah, sorry. Graham Norton. Graham Northern, <laughs> Northern. Hey. hey. Well, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. And that's the end of the Thinging Youth <laughs> podcast. Thanks, everyone. See you later. How are you doing, Sean Davies? I am very well. How are you? I am very well, thank you.
2: Excellent.
0: Thank you. I found, my dad brought over today, a crate of alcohol-free San Miguel. Uh, San sh- <laughs> Miguel. Which, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, it's, it's actually alright. I'm glad all right. you got that. <laughs> it's actually alright. I'm on uh, medication right now, obviously, so I can't drink over Christmas. Ah, uh, okay. So I've got the, uh, the closest thing. And us. You've got us. Yep. Sorry. Sorry. Oh,
3: tumbleweed there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You too. (laughs) Uh. This is our final episode of the year. We're going to be back in January with more Finger Guns gaming goodness. But yeah, this one is a nice little roundup of the year, including a game of the year and what we're most excited for next year. Toby's got about 105 games that he's excited for next year. So strap in. This might be a long episode. We'll see. Yeah, I hope I won't bore everyone. (laughs) We'll see. But first up is, of course, Game of the Week. So, Toby, why don't you kick us off with your Game of the Week? Uh, Game of the Week. Even though most of the
3: time, probably, we've all been playing Cyberpunk still, I thought I'd go with something else, because it's a bit boring to just talk about Cyberpunk all the time. Um, I broke out Bloodborne uh, over the course of this week. So, after Code Vein, the last few weeks. Yeah, very festive. If you're going for a real gothic Christmas, you know? Um, (laughs) So... Yeah, I was shocked and surprised um, to go back to it and find it's actually pretty good um, and exceptionally similar to Code Vein. I wasn't aware quite how much Code Vein had stolen, but it, it stole everything um, and then added a couple of little tiny tweaks. Um, so when they say Souls Born or Souls clone or whatever, yeah, there really was. But um, it's good. It's really good. Um, it's the same sort of thing down to level design, down to movement, down to mechanics, everything. So it's like I've had 50 hours of training um, which is kind of fun. So I can go into Bloodborne. The only real difference is you've got a gun um, and the rolls are just the tiniest bit different. Um, but otherwise, I've I've got used to that and I'm I'm now trying to work out the gun, you know, better than... than... Don't rely on the gun. No, I, I don't like the gun. I much prefer rolling. Um, the gun is, is tricky. You've got to fire at exactly the right moment to stop Yeah, the yeah, the, the, the gun's your parry. It's not a... Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Some of these games are really good for parries. Like, parry works really well in Ghost of Tsushima um, and, and here in Sekiro, but it's not I... something to rely on in some of the others.
1: I was just about to say, consider it like a Sekiro, and then you haven't played Sekiro. Yeah. yeah you, well, you've, got to wait, to you've got to wait until they're just about to hit you to fire. Yeah. What gun did you go for?
3: Uh, Blunderbuss. Yeah, good shout. Because that is literally like, it opens up for visceral attacks. And yeah. I have managed a few visceral attacks, and really? then five, five bosses in in only Ooh. like four days i thought i was doing pretty well there that is good for bloodborne yeah i i, I beat the witch i beat the father amelia like vicar wolf. amelia and father gascoigne yeah as i said vicar amelia sorry um the the weird wolf woman thing that that's um, vicar amelia yeah yeah that was um i actually beat that first time and you did the bloodstaff so,
1: beast didn't you
3: and i beat, beat the bloodstaff beast
1: yeah it, with its poison
3: yeah it was well poisoning me all the way through, but I I still managed to beat that one. Um, so yeah, I'm really interested. I'm really into it. The the thing is, just like I said about it before, Greg, it's it's it suffers from having just absolutely no story. If you, if you read a little bit of the items, there's some lore, and obviously you're on a hunt, and everyone you know everyone's starved of blood, and they're, they're searching for vile bloods and things. There are things in there that you can you know tangible things, but it's not a story. It's not a plot. So it's um it's it's hard to get into. In that respect, which is why I got bored of it before. Um, I think this time I'm, I'm sort of buoyed up by how much I enjoyed Code Vein. I can just sort of fly through half of this without really worrying that there's no story. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm definitely in for it for a, for a while. I think still it's good. And then I'll try Sakura next. That'll be the next one.
2: There, there are people out there that claim that Bloodborne has one of the deepest, most nuanced stories. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> video games.
3: I wouldn't say nuanced. It's not exactly like. Subtle, there's, like a
2: rapier, but there is a really good of story lore in there.
3: there. Yeah, there's lots of lore in there, and there is a story. I won't say there's no story, but I wouldn't call it a plot. That's the difference. <laughs> there is. It's not a plot as such. There is. It tells you it tells you at the start you're a hunter. Yeah, that's not a plot. <laughs> it, tells you, it tells you what you're doing. What more do you need? You need some things to happen that would that would actually make a plot, um, such as a insight You've got an inciting event, but you don't really have you know the other parts to it. So you've got, got it. You've got an angle. You're hardly even told that you're a hunter, to be perfectly honest. That, that bit is, is this like, the what I first really it says? This is Welcome Hunter. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. It doesn't tell you why you're there or what you're meant to be doing or anything. Hunting. It just tells you you're a hunter. Maybe
2: his name is Hunter.
3: Hunter, it's it's hunter not, There's not a lot to it. Um, hunter that's my so, so, people can say what they want. If, if they like it and they like the story, then great. Good for them. I just, I, I like a plot that has a lot more going on hand-holding. than that. Not hand holding. I'm going to say spoon fed to you more plot things, other characters that talk to you, and dialogue that actually means you know this person makes this change to this person's you know trajectory through their story or an arc of some kind. They're not there.
1: I think you're asking a lot of a Soulsborne game.
3: Yeah, well, I probably am. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's my game of the week. Um, It's uh, it's it's really fun, and I should have given it much more time four years ago. But I needed I needed training with a much more Handholdy game like Code Vein.
0: Hmm. So the advice is, if you do want to get started on something like Bloodborne, just play Code Vein for 50 hours first.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's an easy to a way in. Trophy. Very, very easy way in. <laughs> I'm just gritting oh, and people. And, and, like, and just oh. miss out on a platinum by one trophy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God.
0: What, uh, what trophy was it? A, a, a multiplayer trophy.
3: So there is one... There is one trophy that you get. Uh, you have to get 400 medals, and the medals are most easily got by doing multiplayer. So you can get a multiplayer. Every single boss will get you a medal if you do it co-op. Okay. But there is no one playing, so the only other way to earn these medals is there are two of them available per playthrough. So you'd have to play the game through. What's that? Eight? No, two hundred times.
2: <laughs> hmm. That'd
3: be all right. And I'm not. I'm not up for that.
2: Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, how, how many? How many would you get? How many would you get as a co-op player? Uh,
3: you could get. You could do the little the little maps that have got five bosses per map, um, and you could just get like five medals every single time you did that map, and that would that would take you maybe five to ten hours, and you could get the trophy.
2: Hmm. Holy shit! And Rather 10-11.
3: than four hundred to six hundred hours doing it two hundred times.
2: So what wow. you're saying is somebody one of us needs to get Code Vein and you need to walk, yeah.
3: then it. You could just get Code Vein and just sit on that map and I just keep farming. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even need to do anything.
2: That sounds good because I'll get the medals too, won't I?
1: Yeah. You and would. then I can
2: get the platinum trophy without oh, yeah. any <laughs>
0: You'd have got the hardest oh. trophy done. Yeah. Lured him in now.
2: <laughs>
0: if, anyone, if anyone out there has Code Vein on PS4, do let us know. <laughs> yeah. Toby so just wants you to them. hang out.
3: <laughs> you can just sit there and I'll earn trophies yeah it's all good
0: lovely Mr. Grey Kicks your game of the week as well as
1: playing cyberpunk and still finding it hard to defend the game because I don't know I'm still waiting for it to be passionate with that I've gone back to specifically today I've gone back to Batman Arkham Knight again and it's surprising me how much depth is in that game even even like the base game because I'm going through the DLC stuff at the moment but uh I wrote it off the first time I played it through as just really annoying, like too much emphasis on the Batmobile and the tank sections. And there is, but once you get past all that, there really is some well explored and well-written content in there and stuff like that. So yeah, I've been grinding that today just uh, to have a bit of a break from cyberpunk really. Um, uh, That's pretty much my game of the Wii because that's, I've only really played cyberpunk and then Batman today for about four hours. So <laughs> mm. yeah, I can't, I can't really, I, I, I started a bit more of um, Xenoblade Chronicles on the, on the uh, switch, okay. but I haven't, I've, I played it previously on the 3DS. and I think I've hit the point where I was then. So I've not really done anything new, but because I am um, sort of pushed for time, I put it on casual mode because I just want to get the story done. I don't want to grind hundred odd hours into another JRPG.
0: Fair enough. When Arkham Knight first came out, were you one of those people who didn't enjoy it so much?
1: I no, I did. Um, I had the I had the, the Arkham Knight twist spoiled for me, which was fucking great. Uh, no, I enjoyed it, but I think I well, was it five years ago? I was one of those people that really bought into the whole like, if someone on the internet says they don't like it, I go, yeah, that's a good point, actually. And I think it was funny enough. It was Last Jedi that turned me around on that kind of toxic way of thinking because I. Watched Last Jedi, saw the internet thing and went, yeah, it was a bit shit. And then I watched it again and formed my own opinion and went, no, I quite like Last Jedi. Um, but five years ago, I was more like, yeah, I didn't like Batman because was too much tanking in it. Tank, tank, tank this. You know, it was like playing Armored Core. Blah. So I played it. I finished it. I got suckered into buying the 20 quid guide for it, which was um, great fun. So I've still got the really nice hardback special edition guide for it. No, I enjoyed it. Uh, but that was it. It was one and done. Traded it in. So, I hadn't really touched it yeah. in a few years. And then I think I borrowed, I must have borrowed someone's uh, Xbox One copy a couple of years back. And again, just cruise through the story just for the sake of some of the achievements and then gave it back to them. But uh, yeah, as it's on Game Pass and I got the Season Pass stuff for like, I don't know, £6 the other day. So yeah, I'm actually putting a bit more time and effort into it. I probably won't 100% it. I'm not going to do all, all the AR missions and mm. all the fucking uh, Bat- uh, the Riddler trophies because they can suck a dick. But. Yeah, I'm just going through the the more sort of engaging content, like the extra missions and story, like the expansion pack stuff, which is all in the season pass. So, yeah, it's 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 changed my opinion on it. Yeah, cool. But it has a very annoying film grain on it that you can't turn off, and apparently you can yeah. on PC, but you can't on console. And they're disguising it with lots of rain and stuff as well. But yeah, there's this obnoxious film grain which just puts me off sometimes. But yeah, I'm enjoying it. I still think Arkham City. Probably my favorite one, yeah. I'm with you on that, but yeah. But night no, was no, it was good, and yeah. so, I'm, so I'm enjoying that. That's, that's been my my sort of more focused game of the
0: week outside of cyberpunk. Nice, I love Arkham Knight. it's great. Um Mr. Sean
2: Davies, your game of the week? Um, cyberpunk plus a game called Dark D A R Q. So, this game's been out on PC for a couple of months, I think it began, came out beginning of 2020. It's a horror game that isn't really a horror game. Um, basically, it's a puzzle game, but it uses sound and visuals in a way to make it scary. So it's not really, it's not massively gory, um, and it's not like full of jump scares. But there are a few jump scares. It's more to do with like it's more like a Tim Tim Burton style puzzler uh, that's creepy and it is ingenious in the way that it does its puzzles. All of its puzzles are based on perspective and uh, basically using like creepy objects to solve wacky and weird puzzles. Uh, For example, in one level, you you walk down a street and the whole game is played side on. So you can move your character left and right, but you can't come forward or back. It's like played on a, a two dimensional slice of a 3D world. But on this one particular level, you can rotate the entire world around a central part so every time you rotate the world you can then travel on a, a different 2d plane it's a genius game really it's genius um i'm i think i'm near the end now and i am I'm quite impressed by how scary it's managed to be without having to resort to gore the the it's it's more like uh, like little nightmares where it's it's creepy uh, and, and it uses sound so well because it's a lot of the game is silent, and the only th- the only noise is the player character's footsteps. So, like when you walk, for example, when you walk off a screen and you walk into the next part, and you see one of the like shuffling enemies, that they they are they are grotesque, but they're not gory. They hit, he's like his arms are all twisted around his face so he can't see when he's shuffling around. And you basically have to go and hide in a little hidey hole while he goes past. It's that kind of kind of puzzles. But it, I, I'm going to try and get a review out before Christmas because I'm very impressed with this game. And if you if you are looking for something that is spooky, I know it's the, exactly the wrong time of year to release it. <laughs> no one is looking for a horror game just before Christmas. Um, but th- this game is is a very thoughtful game and it does some interesting things with perspective. And the way that you solve some of the puzzles is just insane. Uh, a high, high recommendation for me. And when my review comes out, you'll you get more details on that.
0: Awesome! Sounds like a Sean Davies joint.
2: Yeah, but every game is a Sean Davies joint. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> what have you been playing?
0: Uh, well, I've uh, beaten Cyberpunk. I'm playing my way through that, uh, going through this, all the side missions and all the gigs, just trying to earn a bit of money because I spent all of my money on jumping abilities, which is awesome. Particularly the double jump, very, very handy. Anyway, I've been playing Call of the Sea, which is about as far away from Cyberpunk 2077 as you can possibly imagine. So playing between the two has been quite a, quite a bit of a head trip. But it's a very slow, methodical game starring uh, Sissy Jones and Yuri lorenthal who, of course, we all know these days as Peter Parker in Spider-Man. And it's great. It's really, really good fun. It really has that Firewatch. Edith Finch kind of sensibility about it, and it's very patient. There's not really an awful lot going on, but the slow pace of it is exactly what I needed to kind of contradict the madness of Cyberpunk. So I'm really enjoying it so far. There's a lot to explore, and there's a lot to discover. The frame rate's a little bit choppy. It doesn't run great on my uh, 1S, but it's, uh, it's, it's perfectly fine. And of all the Xbox exclusives this year, of which there haven't been an awful lot, uh, I would probably count this one as the best one for sure. It definitely has a, um, a real love to it. And if you're into those kind of Edith Finchy sort of games, then which I am, then this is a, this is a great one to jump into. And it's on Game Pass, so give it a go. Because it's, uh, it's grand. So, yeah, I mean, we've all been playing Cyberpunk, and there's a little bit of Cyberpunk news that we're going to go into a bit later, very quickly, uh, before we jump into our big topics. But first, it's time. For the last quiz of the year with Mr. Sean Davies.
2: Woo! Hi. Sorry. <laughs> struggling to right find the mute button. <laughs> 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 so, soon as though this is the last quiz of the year, and soon as though the four people that have actually won quizzes on this, we're going to have this as the decider for the year. What? I, I could not be asked to uh. go back and count. <laughs> so basically do you know when like your mum calls you and goes it's dinner time and then you go next goal wins this is it okay <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: so this is the quizzes this year have been redundant then
2: <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's like you know when you go on a quiz game and they get like the first round is like if every question you get five pounds and then the next round is a hundred pounds yeah this is the, everything else was the first round this is, <sighs> this is the final round unbelievable and seriously, we we're talking about game of the year this today, I've decided to go back through the last decade of games and find the highest rated game on Metacritic each year to ask a question about that game. I thought this would be less um, kind of biased to any of you, but it seems like there's a bit of bias everywhere. Um, and, <laughs> a bit of bias everywhere. I, I, was like, <laughs> okay, I like that. I like that. Okay, well, well, so I, much unbiased bias. No, but I, every time I ask one of these questions, one of you is going to go such X bias. Oh, All okay. right, guarantee it. Okay. So, um, they won't let you down. I'm going to tell you each game, uh, the year it came out, and then I'm going to ask you a question about that game. So um, if you've never done this before, I'm going to ask the questions now. These guys are going to write down their answers. Towards the end of the podcast, we're going to get the answers and then we're going to find out who won the whole of 2020's quizzes. <laughs> well done, guys. You're it to the final round. Um, <laughs> Paul didn't win enough to to yeah. on the podcast. So he shot him. <laughs> okay, right. But he did, though, didn't one.
0: he? Kept, he kept winning all the random ones that we didn't expect.
2: Yeah, and getting
0: his
1: and answers within to, within to like a thousandth of a yeah. rounded up number.
2: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Not well, quite good enough, it sorry. <laughs> so, okay. Question one is about 2020's highest rated game of the year, which That's is bullshit. which is oh, Persona Five Royale. Oh my god, so much bias. Okay. yeah, exactly. Oh, right. rubble, 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 rubble. <laughs> I
3: don't think there's any bias.
2: <laughs> are you gonna make a point or are you just gonna keep saying rabble rabble rabble? Rubble, rabble rabble rabble. Okay, so I don't know anything about this game, but I do know there are quizzes and I've taken a question from one of those quizzes. So I know that Toby's answered this, quiz, this question, um, but I think it's a reasonably easy question. Okay. So question one, what do we call the phenomenon where believing in a treatment's power is enough to improve your condition?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a relatively easy question. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, right. Start started off strong, yeah. Can so we have question,
0: that again,
2: please? Yeah, of course you can. Question one. Question one, what do we call the phenomenon when believing in a treatment's power is enough to improve your condition?
3: Holistic? That's that's, that's biased towards Greg. What? Because medical.
2: We don't it
1: believe
3: is. people get better. <laughs> it's a medical question. Not a psychological question almost. Not, not believing they'll get better.
2: <laughs> I'm going to, I know, like this is, okay, I thought this question was really easy, but maybe I'm, okay what do we call the phenomenon where believing in a treatment's power is enough to improve the condition yeah like nothing to do with games
3: yeah it's not to do with persona 5 really at all
2: (laughs) no it is a question that's asking persona 5
3: (laughs) yeah it is it's on the tests yes uh, i
2: think i have an idea but i don't know how you've got those quick tests Toby. because reading some of those questions it was like insane I tried to answer as many of them as I
3: could until the point where I think I got about halfway through and then I realised I wasn't necessarily going to get the, ter- the Platinum Trophy, so I started cheating.
2: Oh, of course you did. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Good one. Is it like the c tests
1: on Final Fantasy VIII? Yeah, it's yep, just yes. like that.
2: Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. One of the tests is completely about emperors in Japan. I don't know how you got those. cheated. <laughs> That's fine, okay. Question two. Question two. 2019. The highest rating game in 2019 was Resident Evil 2. Okay.
0: Bias. I don't believe this.
2: (laughs) Okay. Resident Evil 2. On the hard mode of Resident Evil 2, what item is required in order to save the game? So question two. On the hard mode of Resident Evil 2, what item is required in order to save the game?
3: Fuck, I actually don't know this one.
2: Is it the same item that you need in every Resident Evil? Uh, I'm going to tell you, it's not not required in easy or normal. It's only required in hard. Hmm.
0: If Toby wins this quiz after only joining the podcast, like halfway through (laughs) this year. (laughs) (laughs) Is this whether he gets to carry on like next year as a residency? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this is it now.
2: Okay, question three. So 2018, the highest rated game was Red Dead Redemption 2. So, in this game, uh, you see the origin of John Marston's facial scars. How did John get his iconic wounds? So, question three in Red Dead Redemption 2, you see the origin of John Marston's facial scars. How did John get his iconic wounds?
1: He took off his suspenders too quickly and he hit him in the face. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah! God damn it, boy! (laughs) Boy,
1: that's that's Arthur, isn't it?
2: Uh, Yes. Okay, um, question four, 2017. Uh, So the highest rated game of that year was Breath of the Wild. Okay, in this game... It it was. Uh, In this game, what is the name of the king of Hyrule? Was it King Remo, King Red Leon, or King Rome? Question for In Breath of the Wild, what is the name of the King of Hyrule? Is it King Grimo, King Red Leon, or King Rome? Or Rohan? Yeah. No ah, okay, again Okay, question five. The highest rated game in 2016 was Uncharted 4. Was it? Yes. <laughs> it every game. was it. <laughs> okay. Uh, In the opening chapter of Uncharted 4, Nate is wearing a wetsuit with the word Otsal on it. The name Otsal is a callback to which other Naughty Dog game? Question 5. In the opening chapter of Uncharted 4, Nate is wearing a wetsuit with Otsal on it. The name Otsol is a callback to which other Naughty Dog game? Okay, question six. 2015. Highest rated game in 2015 was Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Such Greg bias. Was mm. <laughs> it? Okay. Question, whatever this is. Say players, I, think. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't written down question numbers just years. Okay. Uh, so this question, players who completed the Deja Vu mission in Metal Gear Solid Five: Ground Zeroes received what when they played the Phantom Pain? So question six, players who completed the Deja Vu mission in Gears of War... Uh, Metal Gear Solid 5 Ground Zeroes received what when they played The Phantom Pain?
1: I know it, but it's got a weird name.
2: I'll take a description. Okay, question seven. 2014, highest rated game of that year, Super Smash Bros. for Wii U. Was it? Anyway, <laughs> um, which of these following wasn't a character in Super Smash Bros. for Wii U? Was it Sonic, Wii Fit Trainer, or Banjo-Kazooie? So which of the following wasn't a character in Smash Bros. for Wii U? Sonic, the Wii Fit Trainer, or Banjo-Kazooie? Okay, question eight, 2013, highest rated game of this year, Grand Theft Auto V. Okay, question is, who is the first person you play as in Grand Theft Auto V? Question eight, who is the first person you play as in Grand Theft Auto V?
3: We just have a first name, is that right?
2: Yeah, I'll take a first name.
3: Not sure I can remember any of them surnames.
2: Yeah. Okay, question nine.
3: And I probably get it wrong, because there's three of
2: them. <laughs> well, you got a one in three chance. Yeah. <laughs> okay, question nine. Um, t- 2012, and um, the best rated game of that year was Telltale's The Walking Dead. Was it? No? Yeah. Um, oh, God, that joke got
1: really old-fashioned.
2: I know. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> Did it? <laughs> Do you? Um, okay, in the game, Kenny and Catch's son, Kenny Jr., was better known by what name? <laughs>
1: I'm not going to tell you why it makes you laugh, because it'll
2: give it away. <laughs> So, (laughs) in Telltale's The Walking Dead, Kenny and Catch's son, Kenny Jr., was better known by what name? Okay. And finally, question 10, 2011. Arkham City was the highest rated game of the year. It was, it it actually drew with Skyrim, but I thought I'd ask you an Arkham City question rather than a Skyrim question. Okay. So, in Arkham City, who does Batman first save Catwoman from? Question 10. In Arkham City, who does Batman first save Catwoman from? And that was your quiz. Ooh. Damn. Oh, well. Just happy to play. Hey. You don't don't try and invoke the poor magic now. <laughs> or oh, I've only got two out of ten guys. Or oh.
0: I think I've done it right. I just haven't done
2: enough. I, don't think. I think that I think that quiz was was quite difficult. But you know we're playing for keeps here. So indeed, <laughs> this is for all the marbles.
0: <laughs> no, it was fun. Thank you, Sean.
2: Our uh, pleasure.
1: What happens if is a draw later on? Are we all winners of the year?
0: Oh, okay, that'd be on. nice, wouldn't it?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That'd be nice, yeah. <laughs> so whoever gives, on whoever
0: gives their
1: whoever gives their score first, everyone goes, Yeah, yeah, I got that too. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> So we'll leave on a high. <laughs> and not cow down to Sean's um Thunderdome logic it was three men enter, one man leaves a
2: winner. Um yeah, except the next time we have a podcast including Paul, he's gonna be like, Everyone's a winner, but Paul.
0: Rather right, than let's crank on with crank on? Let's crank, crank on? on. I do her. Let's crank on. <laughs> hmm crank on let's crack on with both barrels right this is both barrels where i go through the week's news and then we finish on a big topic so i shall crack through some of the cool stuff that i found going on in the world of gaming this week halo xbox 360 games are going dark on december 2021 343 industries have announced Online services for Halo Reach, Halo 4, Halo 3, Halo 3 ODST, Halo Combat Evolved Anniversary, Spartan Assault and Halo Wars will all end by December 2021. You'll be able to continue to play these games after this date of course, but certain online features such as online matchmaking will go offline. It means Halo 3 Online Multiplayer will end 14 years after Bungie's Wonderful Shooter came out in September 2007. This also applies to these games running on newer consoles via backwards compatibility, as the underlying software is still the original Xbox 360 content, and thus relies on legacy online services. Hot on the heels of the news that Among Us is now on Nintendo Switch, another console has joined the murder party, as the game has now been announced for Xbox, and will be available on Game Pass when it launches. Oh, and if you have Xbox Game Pass for PC, you can grab Among Us for free right now. The sexual deduction game is due to arrive on Xbox consoles sometime in 2021, although an exact date for the launch has not yet been announced. As detailed in the Xbox announcement post, it is already available if you have Xbox Game Pass for PC. So you can jump in straight away. A page advertising the standalone version of Marvel's Spider-Man Remastered has popped up on the official PlayStation website. At the time of writing, the only way to obtain the remastered version of the PS4 game is to buy Spider-Man Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. But now it has its own listing on the PlayStation website. Fans are now speculating that it might be teasing an imminent standalone release. As there's no mention in the page's small print, that you can only play it if you buy Sony exclusive Miles Morales Ultimate Edition. Assassin's Creed Valhalla launched in November with a shop selling cosmetic extras for real money. But to the surprise of many, the XP boost packs sold in Assassin's Creed Odyssey were conspicuously absent. Not to worry, the controversial microtransactions have now arrived. A recent update from Ubisoft has introduced the XP boost of Valhalla's Helix Store. This boost grants a 50% increase to XP progression and can be used across all save files. It will cost you though. The boost can be bought for 1,000 Helix credits, and the equivalent to £8.58. A similar pack can be bought to earn 50% more silver, while a pack combining both the silver and XP boost will cost you 1,500 Helix credits, or £12.88, 1,050 packs. And finally, Alien Isolation is the next free game on the Epic Game Store. Hang on. Alien Isolation will be free by the time this podcast goes up. This is hilarious to listen to yeah. no, because it's gonna <laughs> sorry, go over the next man. day, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, fuck this one alien, then. Alien, alienation Alien <laughs> Alienation yeah. That's the old film, yeah. God, that was hard working. <laughs> alien nothing. Isolation
3: will be yesterday's free game. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Fuck. Do that they then. are they are they still free
0: for more days got after got a that, that day, day, I think. you got, no, to, redeem you got to redeem them, them redeem on day. One by one, yeah. Right. Okay. Then okay. It's not worth talking about. What a massive waste of time. I'm sorry about Okay, So that was both barrels. The big topic then, of course, is, as it was last week, Cyberpunk 2077. And it hasn't had another good week. This week saw Sony take Cyberpunk off the PSN store for the foreseeable future until CD Projekt Red get their shit together and actually fix the PS4 version of the game. The Xbox game is still available on the Xbox Digital stores and the PC. But Sony have ripped it off the store citing refund issues. You can get full refunds for the game if you go through PSN and through physical retail as well, I think. But you cannot buy the game right now on PSN, which speaks to a kind of a bigger issue. Uh, We're going to jump into this a little, uh, just very quickly, before we jump into our big game of the year conversation. But I'm going to take this one to uh, Tommy Anderson to kick off. Was Sony right to take this thing off PSN before it gets... uh, in, until it gets fixed, I think I've got the
3: controversial view on this one, so I think not. Um, I think it's a massive overreaction um I'm playing it on p s four I have been enjoying it. There are a few graphical glitches and and you know funny glitches, but overall, I'm not seeing the kind of performance issues that people are talking about i'm not seeing massive frame rate drops I'm seeing a pause every now and again, but then it comes back and it's fine for you know hours and hours. It just does that every now and again, but plenty of games do that. I'm never seeing any of this potato graphics stuff, um, and I've seen a, quite a few videos that are very suspicious. They're saying they're console graphics, and then you can see people go into menus and change all the graphical settings. And I'm like, those graphic settings aren't available on console, so why you can't be on console? So um, I'm, I'm thinking there's a lot of trolling going on. To be perfectly honest, um, I. I think they're they're doing tests and there's clearly, you know, it is clearly an inferior version. I'm not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes and say it's not, but it's perfectly playable. It's also just had um, patch 1.05, which again has made a, gra- a graphical improvement um, and it's, and it's pretty tangible um, on the PS4. So um, I think it's a bit of an overreaction to do this. I hope it comes back relatively quickly. Um, you know, when they've dealt with the refund issue, because I don't think it's that much of a problem. Also would love to know who, you know, what kind of, Uh, what kind of percentage of people are actually going to take advantage of getting a refund? Because I think more people are going to be like, well, yeah, but I want to play the game. Regardless of whether it gets better later, there's going to be a camp of people who are, I'm going to wait and I'm going to wait until it's perfect before they ever play it. And there's all the people who've already bought it. And they're just, well, you you either have to give up on your game halfway through your save, wherever you are right now and get your refund, or you have to carry on, you know? Um, And I just, I don't see, i certainly couldn't give up on it myself just to get a refund i don't see i don't see how i could do that at this point i've just got to um act three i'm just starting Act three and there's just no way i'm gonna go back on it now it's perfectly playable and it's perfectly it looks fine um it doesn't look amazing it doesn't look like what they promised and i totally give you that but it's it's not it's not this terrible thing that everyone's making out it's a good game and it's getting a rough ride even even from the worst console potentially, although I hear that Xbox one is actually worse than PS4 slightly. Um, but I'm playing it on the worst it can be and it's perfectly fine. Um, so yeah, I think it's an overreaction. That's my main point.
0: It's a very interesting one. Do you think this is Sony telling CDPR to kind of go fuck themselves after they didn't talk with I them in, in regards to the refund?
3: Yeah, that that could well be one of the reasons. Yeah. That's the, that's a, that's a good, a good thought. It, it's it could well be Sony exercising. You know, we have got control over this store. You know, like we've seen plenty of other providers do over the course of this year. Um, so that that's a kind of cynical <laughs> way of looking at it, but but probably right. Um, I think CD, CDPR didn't do themselves any favors. They 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 kind of didn't show us anything, and then. At the same time, I think they made a terrible mistake by actually apologizing about it. Um, have you ever seen, you know, like an, a, a politicians, we always want, we always get annoyed at politicians. They never say sorry, you know, and and but when they do, when they finally say sorry, it kills their careers. It absolutely kills them and they can't recover from it usually. So why CD Projekt Red then said sorry? You know, why, why, I think saying sorry is the worst thing they could have done. They should have just bulged through it, just gone straight through it. It will be patched very soon. It will be patched. We know it's like this, it'll be patched. But to be honest, they'd already made a sort of sorry, sorry, sorry. They they do that already with their yellow banners that come up on Twitter every couple of months telling you there's another delay. So we already know they're kind of a sorry company. Um, But it's, yeah, it's shit. They're losing money by the truckload. I just feel sorry for the devs in the background, the people who've made a beautiful game. Regardless of the fact that they weren't allowed to finish it on t- you know the way they wanted to finish it. That's a real. That's really annoying. But
0: they've made such wonderful stuff. There's loads of wonderful stuff in there. Yeah, I agree. It's a great game, and the devs are. Uh, the devs deserve recognition for that. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, they're getting a little buried right now under all the, uh, uh, the madness. Uh, Sean, what's your take on this? I think you had. I, I think I saw you on Twitter the other day uh, discussing it, and. You weren't exactly on CDPR's side.
2: Uh, no, they they've buried themselves, to be fair. Um, the, the issue they have is is the fact that they have said that, they, that people can go and get a refund. And this is something that um, it breaks, to, to say that, it breaks Sony's terms and conditions. So the the terms and conditions of any game that you buy on, on Sony, it's the last tick box that you click before you buy a product is. I know that once I start playing or streaming this game, I cannot get a refund. The point being that Sony have checked that will not break the console and the quality of the product you buy from their store is not a responsibility for them. That's a responsibility for the consumer to check. The the reason that CD Projekt Red have have buried themselves is because they said quite rightfully, we we were a a bit cheeky. We hid the quality of the console version and we then told you to go and get a refund, and Sony have rightfully said, "Okay, no, pull the game It's the same as any other product you know that if if you if you were to try and sell a, a faulty product, and I know that Toby's saying that he isn't having issues, but there are there are some people who are having a lot of issues, and I think this is one of those situations where depending on what kind of model of p s four you've got or you know what kind of hard drive space you've got or you know how much dust you've got in the console depends on the experience you're getting uh, because I, a few people that i know on twitter are getting absolutely battered with it and um, they cannot get through 10 minutes to play without it crashing and they are getting potato mode graphics um and a, a couple of them are getting angry with people that are, are saying you know they, they've shared their videos and people are saying well mine's not like that and it's like yeah but there's is. <laughs> it's clearly um,
3: not consistent i think you're absolutely right about model numbers and ram and all that stuff because i've cleared out loads of other stuff so that it would have as much ram as possible
2: yeah so uh, th- there are people that definitely should have got a refund and that basically cd project red have, have hold their hands up and said yeah we made a mistake this we should not have sold this in this, this state um and like with any product if if somebody holds a hand up and says you know this is not a, a quality this is not a a piece of software or anything that isn't isn't up to isn't up to snuff. You should shouldn't then be able to continue to be able to sell it. You know, it's like Paul's analogy with the three wheel car. If you sell a three wheel car uh, and then promise the wheel later, you know, you are still you can't con continue to sell a three wheel car. It's it's not possible. And so of have, have rather just put the foot down and said, well, you've told people to break our our terms and conditions. You cannot continue to sell this because more people are just going to ask for a refund. So they pulled it, which is just a shame because you know, for, for everyone with a PS Five and everyone who can who has a version of a PlayStation Four, it will run on. You know, un- underneath all of the bugs is a really spectacular game. It's just right now that it's not it's not there yet. So mm. big shame, and. It's a shame that Sony reacted in the way it did because you know all I've had all week is eh, Cyberpunk is now an Xbox Times exclusive, and it's like, oh my god, <laughs>
0: why are we here now? Why are you? <laughs> I mean, it's just not, is it? I don't understand that that that, right. that way of thinking. It's bizarre. It's just people on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the weird thing. Is like you see a lot of people having issues, and it's like I don't feel like I can go online and say about how much I'm enjoying this game. Yeah, You know what I mean? I can't go and say, yeah, you know what? I'm playing it on PS5 and it's okay. It, it's buggy. It crashes. It's, you know, it's whatever, but I've, I've beaten the game now and I'm going back into it and cleaning it up and I'm having a really, really fun time. Yeah. But I can't, I can't say that online. Cause you're like, well, these people are not having a good time with it. Like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to really celebrate the game
2: right now because it's, in in such dire straits. For sure. And there there is a, a bit of a mob mentality around it now, isn't there? So, oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, it, there's, there's people, it doesn't matter what, and I've seen this, I've never seen this before, but CD Projekt Red, whenever they publish a new advert for the game, and they are still advertising it on Twitter, it is an entirely new advert every single time. So do you know how normally they tweet a tweet with a video in, and that, that gets promoted around Twitter uh, and that, what might be from like the thirteenth of November is the same tweet that gets promoted see so yeah. project red have, have taken the extraordinary step to just advertise particular tweets that they make and then delete them because the comments get so bad. yeah it's just yeah. Uh, like it's such a miraculous situation, and I feel sorry for everyone involved um, just like Toby said
0: yeah it's a it's a really difficult situation right now um Greg, have you got anything to add to the situation because? Um, I know you've said you're enjoying the game as well, but do you feel like? Do you think? Well, I guess the same question to Toby really. Were you? You do you think Sony were right to take it off the PSN store?
1: I think. Well, I mean, Sean's covered it really, like, with his points. Um, I. Oh, it's hard to to summarize my feelings because I'm I'm in two minds, and those two have covered quite a lot of it as well. So I don't want to go like back and forth. I think it's almost like. Like Sean said, Sony went. Well, no, you. The, the stipulation is you can't refund it. But it's almost like they've shown their their dominance and going. You can't just tell people to refund the game on our services. So fuck you. We're pulling your product. But I think, and there's that particular picture doing the rounds at the moment of that the kid who got his refund on the Xbox, which I think is fucking hilarious. He's like, you refunded me, but you've removed it from my console. I still want to play the game, and it's like. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have you can't have the best of both well, it's not the best of both worlds, is it? Because like, Toby asked in the Slack um the other day, he said, should I refund Cyberpunk? <laughs> and I'm like, Well, I didn't want to answer it. I was thinking like, well, that's your decision to make and it's it's down to your personal level of enjoyment. Like I'm... i think we
3: could put it to a vote. Like, should Toby get a refund? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean
1: I think it's <sighs>
3: On the whole, it's
1: a sad state. Like The, the gaming industry is, is a sad state of affairs when they keep releasing this kind of crap. And it's not just cyberpunk. It's other games as well, like Andromeda, um, fucking Anthem, you know, um, Watchdogs. back when it was announced as, oh, look how amazing it is. Oh, turns out it's not actually that good. And we still lap it up. So without getting too metaphysical, is, is the fault on us for pre-orders? You know, there's always that thing about saying, like, don't pre-order games, blah, 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 blah. So. Do we bring it on ourselves by encouraging this kind of stuff and going, no, no, we want it that badly instead of waiting for it to come out? But if you bought something... Because a mate of mine asked me, a mate Duncan asked me the other day, he said, um, would you get like... If someone brought it back into game or HMV, would it qualify for a refund? Because it's not technically faulty because it still plays, but obviously there's a different degree of people like Toby's playing on a base PS4 and it's fine. Sean's saying other people are having different issues with different console types and that kind of stuff. So is it technically a faulty game? Like is is the product broken or is it, uh, you know, is it a differing level of fault or is it just potluck on if it works or not? So, oh man, I don't really know how to answer it that any more than what those two have said. And it's it's such a tricky one. Like, it's all well and good paying forty five quid for a game and assuming it's going to get better over time because of their track record. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it like with anything else, would you? You wouldn't buy a book and expect to be given the last chapter in good faith when it turns up. Yeah, exactly. Um, you wouldn't buy a film, and obviously yes, there are deleted scenes in, in that they've decided to cut. But you wouldn't buy a film and then expect like a Blu ray, for example, to be updated through your PlayStation or your, your Blu-ray player, that the missing scenes, you know. I don't know. It's, it's such a minefield because I'm of the I'm of the group that, because I haven't suffered any catastrophic bugs or issues with it, I'm willing to stick through. Yes, I've invested... It feels like a Kickstarter, really. Like, I've invested 45 quid in this game that's going to get better over time. But I can see if people aren't happy with it, then yes, they'll want to do the knee thing and refund it. But then how do you tell... I mean, how many units has it sold? How do you tell that many million people to, to stick it out and just give us faith? You know, six months prior to it being ready.
0: Yeah, it was eight million pre-orders. There you go. And, and if good. half
1: the people are going to refund that, how do you? I, mean, I yeah. think it's. I think. I think this bullshit that the um, stockholders, and shareholders are going to sue them for misleading them to get funds. That is bollocks. And I, th- I think if you've. They, uh, this whole like they misled us to obtain funds to, to make the game. No, I think that's bollocks. But that's 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 another thing that he's unfolding and I've obviously just read the uh the abridged version of that. So, um yeah, I've kinda of gone off topic a little bit, but I don't know, it's a tricky one. It depends on where you're optimistic or where you're if you're optimistic or pessimistic that it's gonna get better, really, but
0: Yeah, I mean there really is it's completely down to your own experience, I think. Yeah. And everyone's is so wildly different at the moment. I mean like Sean's got fair points tearing into it
1: Toby's got fair points defending it and I'm seeing some of each and I mean at the moment I can't really formulate my own opinion because I'm well I can formulate my my own opinion of how I'm dealing with it and how I'm coping with playing with the game but I even said earlier on I'm finding it hard to defend at the moment because I've got friends that are playing it and we're like yeah this is great but then if someone said to me now is it worth buying it would be a very long drawn out
2: well you
1: know
3: and then I I, I think I'd do that as well
1: The typical answer is, well, The Witcher 3 got good, you know. Um, The first question would be, did you play The Witcher 3? Yes. Did you play it at launch? Yes. So you know what to expect. But to anyone else who hasn't, you know, is Cyberpunk good? And it's like, yes, with a heavy asterisk. And then I don't like saying to people, well, wait for the Game of the Year edition and that kind of stuff. Because if you support something, go out and play it straight away. But this is going to be one of those examples where it's like, I don't know. I'm enjoying it, but, you know.
0: They would have some brass balls to release a game of the year edition, wouldn't they? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Not this year anyway. (laughs) No. Yeah. Game of 2024. Honest. (laughs) Edition. Oh man. I don't think it's going to end anytime soon. And there's been a recent patch. I don't know if that's helped the, uh, the base version in any way.
1: But then I think this is the product. This is the, the result of its own hype. Like, we didn't see this with Anthem and I didn't see Pitchforks going, oh, I'm going to oh, get my refund for Anthem and all that kind of stuff. Oh, Mass Effect Andromeda. I need a refund on that, you know. I think a lot of people just went, yeah, it's buggy, but I'll patch it. But because this is, it's like we said, the the analogy we used before was like the Rod for its own back because it's such an overhyped game that people suddenly think they've been lied to. And it's like, well, no, it's, it's having no worse issues than other games that have come out. I mean, I, I'm generalizing, there are obviously bigger issues in game, but it's no different than any other ones that are broken or need patching. But because of the, the hype behind this one, everyone's pitchforking it. It's the same with the, the issues behind The Last of Us and the subjects in there. You know, the bigger it is, the easier a target is. And it's that knee-jerk me-too mentality of not not me-too the, the movement. I mean, yes, I agree with the knee-jerk reaction type of, yeah, yeah, I want a refund too. Yeah, yeah. Well, are you going to are you gonna try and play it? Or you, oh, I want a refund. Okay, well, have you tried playing it? You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I think they saw this, this notion of getting a refund but keeping the game it just makes me laugh,
0: though. So. <laughs> yeah, that was an impressive uh, thing. It's like, oh, it's been ripped off of my library. What? We, it's, you can't just have a free game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not how that works. It was. Yeah. It's a hell of a thread if you try and find it on Twitter. Uh, it tries to argue the difference between a refund and a return, and it's a bit beautiful.
1: Otherwise, that would be compensation, not a refund. Quite,
0: yes. Uh, types, you got you got um, something to say. He keeps coming uh, off of mute and I'm like, there oh, we go. Uh,
3: i just, just, just thinking... C- compared to what Greg said. No, <laughs> no, nah, nah, none of that. Um, you asked about the patch. I mean, the, the, the uh, 1.05 um, patch did, did make some difference. I think it's it's changed a bit of lighting and there's been a few missions that were crashing people's um, consoles that are now not crashing them. So it's made it much easier for people to actually complete the story, um, which is good. But I've not, I'm not experienced one of the one of those crashes um up to this point anyway so
0: bizarre good well it's It's a good thing there we go
3: the patches are good Uh, then they'll keep coming there's meant to be a massive patch in in uh, january
0: yes and one following in february as well yeah so that should be interesting the best thing was i finished the game and the game crashed on me during the credits (laughs) that was brilliant it's like some weird irony that i'm not allowed to see the names of people that made this game (laughs) <laughs> like yeah. the game was like hid, <laughs> hid, hid the developers from me but yeah the fun thing is I reloaded the game and it started me back in the credits oh interesting yeah that was fun that's weird so yeah this the Cyberpunk saga will continue on and on and uh, we'll catch up with it next year fingers crossed it's in a better shape then than it is now for uh, for base PS4 and Xbox One players because it's a very good game and it deserves to be played without any of this bullshit discourse surrounding it. righty then, let's get into Game of the Year. It is that time of year where we choose three games that we think were pretty damn awesome, and it's been a bit of a tough one this year. Uh, particularly for me, I've, I have had a list of about 11 games that I wanted to include, and had to narrow it down to four, and very last minute I added, a f- <laughs> added one that wasn't on the list at all, uh, thanks to Sean reminding me of its existence. And it's been a bit uh, yeah, it's been very difficult to narrow them down. We've been chopping and changing, stealing each other's games. It's been a whole other thing. thing. Uh, the full article, a full Game of the Year article is now available on fingerguns.net if you want to have a little read-up of what we've chosen. But I'm going to go around the, uh, around the pod, and we'll talk a little bit about the games that we chose and the reasons why. So I'm going to start with
2: Mr. Sean Davies. Hi. Hi. Let's do this. All right. So the three games that I chose were Doom Eternal, Lair of the Clockwork God, and Roki, and I gave an honourable mention to Dreams. So Doom Eternal is one of those games that is is like a product of masterful design. It's a game that pushes the player to do a particular thing, um, and it does it very, very well. It wants the player to be the Doom Slayer, and through pretty... in amazing games design it forces you to do that and by doing so it just makes it one of the funnest and best first person shooters i have played in quite some years it's better than the original doom the 2016 version in almost every way because you're not trying to find pickups in the corner of rooms and stuff you're basically beating the living shit out of every single thing that comes in front of you and that's that's the aim of the game because if you don't, you run out of ammo, and it's just fantastic. Um, and yeah, I, if I had to pick one game, it would have been a Doom Eternal, because I don't think, I don't think another game has been as designed well as as that game has. Uh, so the second game is Layer of the Clockwork God. Um, I think everyone knows how much I love this game. I've been shouting about it pretty much all year. I played it on PC, then played it on Switch, and reviewed it. I interviewed both of the developers on this podcast, which you should go and find because it was a lot of fun to, to make. Um, it's, it's a point and click adventure mixed with a indie darling platformer and it pokes fun at both genres while celebrating the best of both. And it's, it's quite an ingenious mix. It It's incredibly funny from start to finish, um, but it has its moments of real heartfelt, real emotional drama. And if you if you don't know what the premise of the game is basically this this clock where God is trying to encapsulate certain emotions so it puts Dan and Ben through these simulations that um basically tries to evoke those feelings and there's this uh, like the fear part is basically a bit of dead space <laughs> with with uh, like a point and click dead space which is just it's it's great and it, it's it, What's really fun about the game is that so many things that are paced out in like platforming games. So for example, do you know in um, Celeste where you've got the whole gravity changing uh, effect? That's there in about two minutes in Layer of the Clockwork God. It's just like, we know that you play these games. We know you play political Click Adventures. We know you play platformers. We're not gonna try and like mamby-pamby your way into this and introduce these, these things gradually. Let's go. And that's what I think is, is so good about this game. And the last um, full game of the year, a nomination was for Roki. Roki is one of those games that you can play with your brain turned off and enjoy very, very nicely, very pleasant game. It's, a, it's like a graphical adventure game. You play as a girl who's trying to rescue a brother. But if you sit down and think about what happens in the game and you look at the the deeper meaning of what the characters do. There is like incredible symbolism there. Um, so basically this this girl's family, uh, the, the mother died, the, the father's now basically non-functioning. He's, he's basically shut down and sleeps and drinks a lot. And that's reflected in another pair of characters in the game that are, are the villainous side of the game. And it's such a brilliant kind of mirror of the way that these things could go you know one one set went down one path and another set went down another path and it's it's a truly brilliant game if you if you want to take in a deeper meaning from it and and, and what what's great about it is even if you don't you will still get a very very good graphical adventure going through Norse mythology and it's not the kind of Norse mythology getting like God of War or Assassin's Creed Valhalla where you've got you know Odin and Thor and all that kind of stuff it's it's really old school Norse mythology. It's got like the Yule, Yule cat and trolls and like the old school Nordic gods and, you know, pre, pre-Thor, pre-Odin. And I, I just found it to be such a charming adventure that I, I just couldn't leave it off the list. Uh, but to be fair, this list this, this year has been so jam-packed for the games that there's so many games that deserve to be on this list. Uh, Fuser, we should have put Fuser on the list.
0: We should have put Fuser on the list. I thought Andy was putting Fuser on the list until... Well, I'll go into Andy's in a second, but... Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely fuming.
2: Absolutely fuming. <laughs> um, the, last, the last game I picked was Dreams, which um, I still can't believe came out in 2020. I know that I had early access last year, but it just feels like Dreams and the Sonic movie were the last two good things to happen this year before everything <laughs> just went to shit and it, it's it's one of these games that just like every so often I'll switch it on and there'll be a new patch and I'll download it and it'll be like a whole new experience because there's just so much content on, on there now and it feels like it's got it's got a really hardcore community behind it that's that's making some incredible experiences some are just things you just walk around some are full games some are literally just things that you look at like the breakfast um, which I think we all remember going viral, going, how the fuck did somebody make this in a game? Um, but yeah, it's Dreams, man. If, if you've not played Dreams in a while, I highly advise you go and pick it up. They introduced loads of new content recently, including like new music instruments. And I'm not entirely sure if the All Hallows Dreams content is still there, but if it is, go give that a bash because that was a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they were my Game of the Year picks, but let's be honest, there were so many good games this year that it, we, we how many was twenty four in the end? We end up twenty four in the end. Yeah, that feels like a low compared to the number that we should have put in. <laughs> yeah,
0: well, there's just so many that we couldn't put in there. But it's Certainly. oh man, what an article! Uh Yeah, Dreams is fantastic. The Music Maker, especially, is where I spend a lot of my time. It's uh, mm-hmm. just amazing. I need to get the Move controllers. I feel like it's going to be a much better experience with them.
2: Yeah, two hundred and thirty pounds for wait. <laughs> <Oi! laughs>
0: I'm on it. Uh, Mr. Toby Anderson, your game of the years.
3: Game of the years.
0: Yes, that's
3: the one. Okay. Um, so mine are very much more Japanese oriented. I, once I realized what I'd actually picked, um, I realized they were basically no. JRPGs. No. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Um, and, uh, and one very quirky no, indie as well. Not weird? No. thought it was <laughs> going to happen <laughs> was the writing on the wall um so yeah my my three are persona 5 royal uh final fantasy 7 remake and 13 sentinels aegis rim and my honorable mention went to a cracking indie uh called uh chicken police so i'll um i'll introduce each of those so Persona 5 Royal, Um, obviously Persona 5 came out, you know, four years ago, but um, in true Persona style, they then went away and rejigged it, put new stuff in the storyline, added loads of ease of play options and um, made it into Persona 5 Royal and released that this year. It was in March. So in my world, that's the thing that was like the very beginning of lockdown um, for me was getting Persona 5 Royal and starting what was essentially lockdown in a school in Japan um so i spent most of my lockdown first the first lockdown in the uk um attending school um being being a high school student and then during my nights um fixing the ills of society um by going into people's dreams essentially or or into their hearts and then stealing their innermost desires to change their hearts basically so they become good um and it it sets up this just wonderful world in in tokyo where these um kids can kind of have the power that kids always want, which is that, you know, you want to be able to affect society. You want to be able to do these things um, that you're completely, you know, just don't have the power to do. And they give them that power and it feels very um, cathartic to be able to just change what the adults are doing and feel like all the injustices of society are getting sorted out because of, because of what you're doing. Um, It's really long. It's like 120 hours or so. And I think it's about 100 hours minimum. Um, and I obviously tried to get the platinum. So 120 hours or so, which is a long, long time to put into any game. Um, but it was well worth it. It's from some of the most amazing sort of living anime um, that you could possibly play. And it will become your second life, basically. Um, and I think the storyline was what was really a, that really um, spoke to me. It was just, as I say, this, this sort of injustice thing. But also that it's sort of dealt with things like, like grooming and corruption and stuff and the really darker aspects of japanese society at the same time and quite unflinchingly um and it wrong-footed itself once or twice but just overall it was quite progressive for a japanese anime sort of topics um and it had that you know it's got a full like a full jazz um soundtrack that's like rpg slash jazz and it's really that's really really fun um and um and has definitely um inspired a lot of people with that stuff as well so one of the most stylish RPGs I've probably ever played at the same time. So yeah, just there's just so many parts of it that um, that are really, really, really worth it. If I had to pick a downer on it, it's it's got combat that's just ever slightly sort of strained. There, there's there's only so many ways to play it in a way, but um, it's yeah, it's well worth well worthy of its Game of the Year status um, on on my list. I think uh, my second one is Final Fantasy VII Remake. So my most anticipated game probably of the year um wasn't cyberpunk it was final fantasy 7 remake um, and this came out what um may june i think i'm not sure correct me if i'm wrong um basically the, uh, final fantasy 7 is my favorite rpg of all time and i know greg's is final fantasy 8 but you know we can we can agree to disagree on which one, but I loved all those original ones. Um, but that seven just
1: me as a comparison
3: for your, uh, <laughs> for your arguments. Seven is better. Um, <laughs> but some, um, this remake what? is basically what, what, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't quite hear you, but I think I know what you said. <laughs> um, basically, uh, seven is like just this timeless story of, um, eco-terrorism against, uh, corporations and it's got a very cyber punky sort of feel to it to be honest um and it's it's just something that spoke to me as a kid and, and i really really loved then to decide that they're going to make a remake of it we've been clamoring for a remake for 20 years and staying you know once remakes started to be a real thing and um, that's the one we want to get remade um and what what came was something that kind of transcended being a remake so we've had remakes for like five or six years of of all these different remakes, loads of loads of stuff across every different genre. And then Final Fantasy VII Remake was like, you know what, I'm going to give you a remake, but I'm going to rewrite the story. I'm going to add all this fourth wall breaking, epic timeline changing stuff so that it becomes completely new for anyone who's played it originally and also completely new for all the newcomers as it would be anyway. Um, and, And that kind of stuff just really blew my mind as I was playing it. I was like, all of this stuff is so it fits and it's great and it's and it's fleshing out everything, but at the same time it's kind of making it a remake into something that a remake's never really been um before that, to me at least. Um so I think it's quite an quite an impressive feat. Um in the same year that Squire Enix um managed to um get Avengers so horribly wrong, they managed to get um Final Fantasy VII remakes so completely right. Um and I know all of us played it base- or, or basically all of us played it and thought it was, you know, absolutely fantastic um they didn't they didn't really mess it up they had the music was redone into these amazing tracks so just there's a soundtrack in there that's just incredible and um it did the memory of a of a truly great game proud. it's it does all of the stuff right i think there's there's you know some worthy criticisms that were leveled at it at the time to do with sort of quest structure um, but once you're in there and you get, you get past some of those really, really early ones where you're just fighting rats and things, um, and you get to things like Wall Street, Wall Market, sorry, and and the sort of, you know, the crazy drag scenes and the and then you get to the stuff with the fourth wall breaking, um, you know, wraiths and stuff. That it's, it's really incredible. So, yeah, that's my second one. Um, third is a bit more left field. So this one was something I had no idea about at all at the beginning of the year. Never heard of it. Um, didn't know it was coming out and then facebook went completely nuts telling me um you know bombarding me just day in and day out with these targeted ads uh you'll probably like this game you should buy this game um, and i'm like all right, all right all right what is this eventually i realized that it was mechs it was hand-painted anime and it was high concept science fiction and i was like yeah cool i'll give that a go well i didn't realize this it was going to be absolutely amazing and it's like it's 13 different stories, so 13 Sentinels are these the 13 high school students who um, basically have different time travel stories within their their little povs that they have. You can attack it in any order you like whatsoever, um, which means that every single version of you know that every single person played is completely different. Um, and at the same time, it has it separates its battle system from its storyline system, from its wiki system. And you can tackle all three of those in a completely different order if you want to as well. So I spent half the time doing like battles in, you know, a, a little chunk of battles and then a whole load of story stuff or I alternated them. And it didn't matter, there was no right way to do it whatsoever, which I found just incredibly interesting and, and sort of freeing in a way, which um, meant that the narrative was just really, really incredible to get into. Um, the strategy mech battle system was addictive. And I know that's not necessarily everyone's opinion of it, whereas I did read a few other reviews that said they didn't like it, but I found it incredible. And I really, really wanted to go back to a whole game of just that um, that mech battle system that was kind of a strategy thing, but real time at the same time. Um, and then yeah, just this time bending, crazy narrative of, um, of 13 different things and all the possibilities you could possibly think of. Um, so yeah it's incredibly niche um and i don't think it'll be for everyone but um that was that was really a fantastic sort of surprise um and then lastly um my honorable mention is uh chicken police so chicken police was a um an, it's an indie um title that's um that's, that's done incredibly well to be honest i think I, I wasn't the only person who really really dug that game um it's basically two um tough noir cops um who or one one ex-cop and one who's still on the force, who are both roosters, um, and they are the legendary chicken police. Um and they used to solve lots of crimes in a very noir world with lots of other um animal um sort of noir characters. Um and they get, you know, a mystery drops on one of them's lap and the involves the other one and they go off, you know, all across this whole um place called Clawville, which is basically LA um but populated by animals. Um and it's just, you know, It's got all the stuff that you would want from a noir thriller, like like The Big Sleep or something. It's dark and it's funny and it's well-written. It's got some incredible prose-like dialogue, a sort of narration um, that the the lead rooster gives, um, and some of the best voice acting across the board um, that I'd actually experienced all year. Um, It's full of atmosphere. It had some great music. And the mystery was just, you know, really dynamic and just pulled you all the way through. Nothing was wrong with it whatsoever. It got really, really adult in tone in places, like there was weird animal brothels and stuff. But just, it pulled you right through into that world and it was just 10 hours of bliss. I thought it was fantastic um, from beginning to end. And it was a a worthy indie of the year, in my opinion. And that's my games of the year.
0: Awesome. A nice mix of a JRPG with... uh... With a JRPG? Yeah.
3: And a JRPG? JRPG, JRPG, and then a... I wouldn't call 13 Sentinels actually a JRPG, although it's got loads and loads of parts of that kind of thing to it.
0: Okay, so it's a it's something else. It's like a
3: J-action. It's its, it's, it's whole own beast, that one. No yeah. Visual novel. It's a visual novel more than anything else, and a strategy in mech uh, battle thing. Yeah.
0: It's <laughs> I think I put that on the box at the back. Strategy mech battle thing.
3: It's very hard to describe that battle system, I promise.
0: That's fair uh nice list yeah toby did steal one of mine you stole seven remakes i steal seven remake oh yeah
3: yeah god masterpiece but if you had too many it's good that some of us stole some of them
0: you're absolutely right
3: to be honest paul stole one of mine which is um ghost ghost yeah uh
0: greg your game of the years here's games of the years games is of the year yeah compared to toby um sorry
1: (laughs) Toby, they're (laughs) going (laughs) to refer to me on each one now. It's the sort of shit you do to me. Uh, Unlike Greg, (laughs) I've got... Uh, No, um, unlike Toby, who's very very good at articulating how deep and uh, story-driven his picks were, I've only got one that's actually got a story in it, really, and that was Hades. Now, bear in mind that it's a fantastic game anyway, but besides that, I to give a bit of context, I didn't really like roguelites. Someone actually argued with me once and went, well, why don't you like them? And I was like, I don't know. I just don't like the procedural nature. And they were like, oh yeah, but it's quite cool playing a game that you don't know what's going to happen each time. I'm like, I can't be asked. It was more the lack of narrative. And I know I, I chided Toby about the whole bloodborne thing earlier on, but for me, roguelites had no sense of purpose really. Like the one I, the only one I really liked prior to that was dead cells. And there's not really much of a story to that. You just sort of pick up things along the way and it's little cliff notes. You think. All right, no idea what's going on. Kill the king at the end. Gotcha. Like I didn't care for Binding of Isaac. I didn't really care for much else that I can't think of right now because that's how much my knowledge of the genre is. But Hades, I like super giant games anyway. Um, so like Bastion, Transistor, they they look amazing. So I was always a I was I was initially sold on the art style of Hades, and then it was like, oh, it's a roguelite. I was like, oh, bollocks. Um, but that it's an isometric, top-down, I don't want to say Diablo-like, because it's not point-and-click at all. It's a, it's an action uh, like action RPG, roguelike kind of thing. But it, it's the game that turned my head not to the genre as such, but I know I, I said in my synthetic review that it's it's given me a bit more like acceptance of the now and less judgmental. But what makes Hades amazing is the story to it, and... Like I know, I know I, I champion slash moan about all the Soulsborne games that I play and that I review and stuff like that. And I'm used to dying in games a lot, and sometimes it's frustrating as fuck. Sometimes you go, "Oh, that was a that was a justified death because I fucked up or I got too keen towards the end or I took a chance at the end." But with Hades, the premise is you're trying to escape Hades. Funny enough, um, so. Death is part of the cycle. It's, ba- it's all steeped in Greek mythology and all that kind of stuff. So you see lots of like, uh, quote unquote, famous Greek gods and all that kind of that kind of mythology and all that kind of stuff. But it's it's been modernized. So there's all their tales that already happened. Like, um, Oh, crap, who's the guy pushing the boulder up the hill? Uh, Stygius, no. Oh, uh, crapness. There's 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 the famous one who's always constantly st- Atlas. Push- no, no, no. Um, he holds the world. No, I think it's Theseus. Anyway, it's the guy that's he's he's condemned to pushing a boulder up a hill that always rolls back down and he's always been harassed by the Furies and that kind of stuff or the Harpies which I'm up to anyway but every time you die in Hades there is you, you discover more of the story and it's not every time you die so I think I've just contradicted myself there but when you die at times you can talk to some of the characters and sometimes they'll be doing something else sometimes they'll be back in the hub world and you learn more about why Zagreus is trying to escape and the motives behind why you're kept there or why you're trying to find your mother and i don't want to spoil it i mean that, that's the main drive of the game but i don't want to spoil any more than that the fact that it had some some purpose to it is one of the draws to it and the fact that death isn't as frustrating as i mean don't get me wrong when you get your ass kicked sometimes you think ah oh, fuck it when you die on a boss or even just one of the random rooms but it's it does it's not the not the punishment it used to be in, in other games, like where you lose all your souls or your life and that kind of stuff, everything you earn in a run, you take back with you when you die, which you can use to level up in your bedroom, that kind of thing. And it's, it's just so well-written and there's six weapons you can pick from, each with different combat styles and you can pick up these perks called boons, which can sometimes, there's, there's like a bow, for example. Now, for me, holding and aiming each shot it just seems really like the antithesis of a of a rogue, like we got to run around and hit things. But you can get a boon, a random boon at times that instead of having to hold name it, it turns it into an auto fire. So you've got like an SMG for a bow, which doesn't make sense, I know, but just go with the the mythical side of it. So that you know, but you might not get that the next playthrough, and you might want to switch to the 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 fists, like uh, the, the the gauntlets that you get, or the sword, or the spear, that kind of thing. So. It encourage you to, to die and try again and try different playstyles, different boons, different bonuses, different perks, and all that kind of stuff. So that's my first game of the year. And it's the fact that it made me turn my, my opinion around on robots. Go on, Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Is that the, the boulder pushing guy? Yes. And he's a really great character because he's so polite as well. It's like he is condemned to pushing a boulder up a hill. But every time he sees you, he's like, hey, Zach, how's it going? And you're like, oh, I want to help. You can't actually interact with the boulder at all, but he's actually, it looks like, I don't know if it's because I'm looking on a switch light, but it looks like he's also carved a smile into the boulder. And then not know if it's just the angle you're looking at it, but you just think, oh, he's personified his, his boulder, bless him. So that's, that's, that's first. Uh, if, if, if I was to say of any of my, my game of the year picks to, to just flat out go and buy, if you've got a PC or a switch is Hades because it's, it's just great. It's so much fun. Uh, my second one, it was a game that surprised me that I would really enjoy because I didn't enjoy Mudrunner too much. But with Snowrunner, I had an absolute way little time in that game. I, I kind of lobbied to get a review code from the guys because the trailers looked to me, it looked like cause Mud Runner is, funny enough, brown. And it just got really dirty and boring and set in like the Eastern European, Russian, whatever, wilderness, that kind of shit. But Snowrunner's like, the brighter... Dynamic cousin of it, and it's the same principle. You 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 move haulage. You start off doing like timber and fuel and that kind of stuff, and then you start moving like mobile fucking plants. I don't, uh, yeah, I like like plant machinery, not shrubbery. And you get like these big, massive like eight wheeler trucks that are like giant fuel guzzling beasts that can trek over fucking fords, uh, like watery fords, fjords even all that kind of stuff, and it it's a calm and relaxing game when you're just driving through the countryside and all that kind of stuff. But then it can just turn on a dime and you are you might bank a corner too quickly and just tip and your load's going to fall off and you've got to think, shit, I need to change my gearbox into like all-wheel drive to stabilize that or it's going to fall and then it's not a case of just retrieving it. You've got to like get another vehicle with a crane to come and pick it up to readjust it back onto the truck that you've tipped. It's so fucking complex. And it sounds like a ball leg. It sounds like It sounds like trying to explain farming simulator to someone who lives in the city. I know. Wait, no, I think people would like that. It's trying to explain, it's trying to make farming simulator sound fun. It's that kind of level. Like, oh yeah, it's a slow, long haulage, long time investment game. And on paper, it sounds like a shit time, but it's really not. And it just, it's so much, I don't say it's so much fun. Like when you played Mario as a kid, it's not that kind of comparable level. It's just, it's a game that shouldn't work, but it does. And if you can play co with people and you can start your own little like haulage, it's so much fun. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to explain why, like it's hard to quantify what makes it fun. Cause I just made it sound really boring. Like, Oh wow. Trekking across with a bit of fucking machinery in your truck. woohoo! But uh, go and watch a trailer and then, you know, tell me what you think. Uh, my third game hunt down, hunt down. Now again, I lobbied for this one because I thought it looked the absolute tits. I love eighties, like sci-fi and cyberpunk and all that kind of stuff like Terminator um Terminator 2 is the best film and that was made in the 90s but as a franchise Terminator started in the 80s so that counts Blade Runner is one of my favorite films of all time I like the old style run and gunners from from classic days like Contra and Probotector and Turrican and all that kind of stuff I'm not very good at them but I love them so the when I saw the trailer for *Hunt Down*, it's got that '80s RoboCop-like voiceover, like in the near distant future and all that kind of stuff. And it looks like it's basically the trope of every '80s, but it's not done distastefully. It's not like the Duke Newcomb school of reference, where he sees Master Chief's armor and goes, "Power armor is for pussies" and that kind of stuff. It's like tastefully done homages to an era of something that I absolutely love, so like Mad Max. I mean, I'm not—I could list off loads of references in it, but they're all present. Like there's all the gangs are based on like, uh, like parables of, of movies and stuff like that. Like uh, there's a, there's a biker gang, which is reminiscent of the lot from Mad um, Max too. Uh, there's a gang that look like the riffs from the warriors you now, like the cool guys with the karate jackets and the sunglasses, you know, riffs. Yeah. Right. Those guys. Um, it's, it's such a good game and it's, it's hard as balls. I haven't finished it and I want to finish it. And I really wish they put online co-op in or cross-play or something because I know my mate Mark's playing. It. I think he's further than me, but I really don't want to help you do it because if you can get local co-op, then it's it's the tits. But yeah, it's just it's just a throwback, but it's a tastefully done throwback. It's not just nostalgia for the sake of nostalgia. Like, oh, here is a reference. Like, you know when everyone was putting like portal cake references in every game, like Castlevania, Lord of Shadows had a portal reference in it. And it's like, why? It's a cake joke. <laughs> But this isn't bandwagoning, this is like setting the tone for how tasteful done throwbacks should be, like Cuphead did for 1930s animation, Huntdown does for the golden age of Run and Gunners, and like 80s sci-fi, and all that kind of stuff. So that's my three games of the year. And then my, my honourable mention, because I was really disappointed with this, but I still got the platinum on it, was Resident Evil 3. Now, I did review it and I gave it an 8. So I wanted it to be amazing and what nuggets of fun are in there are are great. But much like Resident Evil 2 when they came out in 98 and 99 respectively, Resident Evil 2 was the beefier game. Resident Evil 3 was seen as the more action-y offshoot of it, like a a guide and like a spin-off to it. And one of the criticisms that Resident Evil 2 remake got was that it was shorter and sort of cut some of the corners... from the original and it kind of did obviously for pacing it's a reimagining a straight remake you know that kind of stuff and i thought some of these issues would be addressed with this remake and it hasn't it's if anything it's a lot shorter so if you paid like 40 quid for this you'd be pissed off that there's half the content of resident evil 2 remake but what is in there is fun so if you can get it on the cheap and you fancy a bit of action bait like they, they've they put the dodge back in there for GL, like a dodge mechanic that wasn't present in Resident Evil Remake and stuff like that. So if you want, a, if you consider it a Resident Evil 2.5 sort of DLC, like like the like the Ghost Survivors were for Resident Evil 2, that kind of stuff, there's a fun game in there, and it does. It doesn't do the original justice. It doesn't rip off the original. It doesn't tarnish the memory of the original. But it's just a fun game in its own right. If you see it as a short piece of fun, don't go in expecting the depth of the originals because you'll be disappointed but that's why i got an honorable mention because it was just it was just shorter than needed to be and yeah it kind of i'm not going to like say it tarnishes the memory of the originals but it was just they could have taken the criticisms from resident evil 2 remake and improved on them not doubled down Final Fantasy 7 was alright. Yeah, it's alright.
0: I just wanted to remake 8. I'm sure that's coming down the line, isn't it? It's gotta, <laughs> be. It's gotta be. It was that's remastered, new, wasn't it, this year? Oh yeah, I played the remaster through, and um, mm. yeah, it was good fun. Sorry, Sean, what's up?
2: I was going to say, once they've done with Final Fantasy 7 remake, which will be in about 30 years' time. So... Part, <laughs> seven, part 7, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both of us in every time at home next to each other. Oh, if you had a fantasy, eight was the best, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> what
0: <laughs> man, old people's homes are going to be weird, aren't they? When we're older, nurse <laughs> Sean saying he preferred Final Fantasy 7 over eight. Give him his medication. <laughs> <if> <laughs> <I'll take. laughs> bloody talking about old games again. Oh, my god, there's bloody lot. Toby's so gonna be said that one time I went to Japan. <laughs> unlike <laughs> greg i saw Unlike <laughs> greg i haven't saw myself today
3: <laughs> i don't know why he's got kind of a southern general
1: ah, ah, it's all right.
3: i think old people's homes with loads of video game video game consoles is a kind of a cool thought isn't it, yeah, yeah, it plug, plug directly
0: into our brains yeah yeah J- the wild. Visors. by then you might get a ps5 types yeah, yeah. I, might well, have I
1: don't know why
0: that, I'm but. laughing. <laughs> 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 Aww. Aww. But back to this year, Ross, what were your games of this year? My games of this year were Animal Crossing New Horizons, In Other Waters, there was another one, Ori and the Word of the Wisps, and my honourable mention went to that Naughty Dog game called The Last of Us Part Two. I mean, I've, I've waxed lyrical about Animal Crossing on this podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks. So I won't go into massive detail. Everyone knows what the deal is. It's a game that I think by last check has sold 30 million copies already this year. And it's absolutely bonkers how kind of off the scale popular this thing has become. But, you know, the biggest conspiracy theory around it, it landed the same week that we all went into lockdown. And <laughs> you know, people say, oh, Nintendo must have known about COVID. They must have known about COVID. And it's just so bizarre how that game became... Like the lockdown game to play, and it was one that I've really, been really looking forward to for ages because I love the, I love the franchise and the whole series. But this thing just took it to such another level, you know. Being able to play it practically anywhere you want, and being able to play it with all my friends um, that own the game, and been able to share things and build things for each other, and it kind of gave a real sense of community and. Didn't make you feel like you were so locked away because we were able to kind of disappear and make up our own islands and have a lot of fun just interacting with each other on our islands and playing games on there. And that aspect of it is what I love the most. And sadly, my Switch is no longer here. Um, It it died. It didn't die, but I sold it. Uh, So I don't have access to my island anymore, which over Christmas I'm really gutted about because it would have been awesome to play at Christmas. But I needed to fund the goddamn PS5. So hopefully down the line, I can uh, I can jump, jump back in with a brand new Switch and go back to my island. I think cloud saves are a thing that exists now, so fingers crossed it'll still be there. But man, it's just a wonderful experience, and it will continue to be, because this game is enormous, and Nintendo do a wonderful job of keeping it updated. And every kind of season that comes around, there's a brand new shiny update, and it's just lovely. It's just lovely. It's just a lovely game. And it was uh, it was the first one on my list this year. Um, another one that I didn't expect to be on my list because I didn't even know it existed until I played it was In Other Waters. Uh, much like Tobes, it was a game that I had kind of no idea about. And then, as Sean said, oh, do you want to review this In Other Waters? I was like, okay. Um, expecting it to be a kind of a deep dive into the sea, get to explore around kind of like um, Blue... What was that game? Blue, deepest Beyond,
2: blue. Beyond Blue?
0: Beyond Blue, that's the one. Yeah, that's what I thought it was going to be. I didn't even look at screenshots or video. I was like, yeah, all right then I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah, it wasn't that. It's a, it's a very boring-looking 2D top-down nothingness. But there's a story right in the center of it that you power through, and you play as the AI of a deep-sea diver's wetsuit, essentially. And you're discovering the underwater life on an alien planet and it's all it's essentially a text adventure really more than anything and it's just absolutely phenomenally good and i didn't expect it to be at all i had no preconceptions of this game i didn't know it was going to be terrible or good um it jumping in when it first started i was like oh damn it isn't what i thought it was going to be but the story opens up and you have a conversation with your with your dvd diver and you know, you can answer yes or no, and that's essentially your the kind of the extension of your conversation ability. But it's just incredible the story that is buried deep inside this game, and as you begin to unlock it, it becomes really emotionally harrowing, and it grabbed me immediately. I played the whole thing in one sitting. It was very tricky in certain parts, and I did consider kind of like just throwing my switch across the room, but. I persevered, and I ended up sticking through it, and it was just phenomenal. One of the few games that got a 10 out of 10 from me this year. It was. I do get accused of banning out 10 out of 10s quite easily, but this was just something else, and I've tried to be a little bit more cautious on it this year. And In Other Waters was fully deserving of it because it was a game that I wasn't expecting anything from and was just absolutely phenomenal. I highly recommend checking it out. It's, it doesn't look like it's going to be fun, I know. But trust me, <laughs> there's something in there that's really quite amazing, and um, I think I think Toby would get a kick out of it actually. I think it's a very Toby Anderson game. So I'll you give it a go that, one day. Yeah, for sure. If you find yourself with a few hours to kill, go for it. And finally, of uh, my main game of the years was *Ori and the Will of the Wisps*, which uh, again Toby reviewed earlier this year on the Xbox, and uh, it did come out in a not a not a perfect state which was disappointing considering the hype that was around it again one of the few xbox exclusives that came out this year you yeah, know initially it was anyway i played the game on on the switch when it uh, when it was ported and man they cleaned it up good it obviously doesn't it doesn't look as good as it does on xbox now i watched a video of the xbox series x running it and fuck me it just looks <laughs> astonishing but uh, the switch version is really really amazing and it cleaned up all of those issues. I never found an issue, really. There was, I had loading screens, quite long loading screens, something more than that. Um, people were finding bugs in the game, but I just really didn't find any. And maybe I was just too invested in the story, but the story is beautiful. Um, these Ori games are just on another level in terms of their their visual style and the way that they really hook you in very, very quickly. And they're not particularly... You know joyous things they're not fun, they are fun, but they're just everything about it is so sad. <laughs> it's just so emotionally draining from sort of beginning to end, but you know it all comes good, and it's yeah, it really got me it really hit me in the uh hit me in the all fields and I think that's been a a thing of my games this year um if they can kind of make me make me upset, I seem to be able to really kind of like see the the good in them and Ori in the Wood of the Wisps is again, I don't think it's getting enough recognition this year for being as good as it was. And I hope that whatever the next Ori game is, if there is one, which there probably will be, that it lives up to this one because I think it's better than Blind Forest. And I can't wait to see what they do next. Whatever the Ori 3 is going to be, um, I assume there's going to be a Series X version and it's going to look amazing. So yeah, I can't wait for that. And my honorable mention was. One that I genuinely did not even think of when I was writing my list. I had Fuser down. I was like, that, that's going to be my honourable mention because it's awesome. Uh, but then Andy wanted it and didn't even use it. I'll talk about that in a minute. Fuming. But then Sean said, we've got a game of the year list without The Last of Us Part 2. And I thought, fuck me. I love The Last of Us Part 2. Right, that's going on. And yeah, there it is. I mean, we've talked about it at length for for hours and hours already on this podcast, but I mean, there's, it's just something else, man. There's something about this game, which only Naughty Dog can do. And it has that Naughty Dog spit and polish throughout. It's a real masterpiece, I think, in my, in my opinion. And it's, it's not an easy ride. The internet is a, is a, is a fickle, horrible thing. And what, you know, the people that have made this game have had to go through just because of their, they're very brave decisions in this game is just truly heartbreaking, really, because if you can look beyond that and you kind of, if you're a mature mature adult and can look beyond these things and see the story for what it was, then, you know, there's very little that can compare it because it's a story that hasn't really been told in video games before. And to take the risks that they did, to move it into directions that they did was just was just so bold and I wasn't expecting it. I remember those particular scenes in the early moments of the game where, you know, things happen. It was, it was heartbreaking. It was horrible. I wasn't expecting it. I think we all had an idea of where the story was going beforehand, but it wasn't what I expected in the end and they completely, you know, pulled the wool over our eyes and they did it in such a brilliant way and I love playing as Abby. I think Abby's an amazing character. Like I said in my, uh, my write-up in the article, you know, it's, it's amazing to feel so strongly about someone who you should hate sort of beyond all measure. And the way that Naughty Dog turns that on its head is just sublime really. And it's great. And I think that it's going to, it's going to be, it doesn't need to be on a game of the year list, but it's going to be a game that lists forever and will be the benchmark, I think for whatever Naughty Dog do from now on. And I'm really happy that, I so I fucking remember the game existed. I don't know why I forgot it, but when I was going through my game of the year I wanted to focus on experiences that were maybe a little smaller in in scope than the big triple stuff, but you know, when it comes down to it, there was nothing more this year that that did what The Last of Us Two did. And I'm very glad it's uh, I'm very glad it's on there because I think it deserves to be there. Bravo. Yeah. God, what a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, Paul and Andy also contributed to the uh, Game of the Year. Obviously, they can't join us today. Uh, Paul went for Streets of Rage Four, Ghost of Tsushima, and Immortal's Phoenix Rising, which was uh, coming out of nowhere, brand new in the top ten. So yeah, a nice list of stuff. And his honorable mention went to Cobra Kai. The Karate Kid saga continues, which looks like a bit of fun. I think I might play that sometime. And uh, Andy, he went for Art of Rally, which is a game that we all want to play, uh, which looks fantastic and Hunt Showdown, and Rogue Company. And his honourable mention, Sean, what the hell is this? Okay. You you tell people (laughs) what it is, and then we'll explain. His honourable mention is FIFA 21. Okay. Now, I, you know, each to their own, that's fine. And he backed it up quite nicely, he's having fun playing it with a friend in Ultimate Team. That's cool. But this game is awful. It's the worst FIFA in about five years
3: controversial, we're not agreeing with each other's games of the and year. F- FIFA 20 was bad.
2: <laughs> this is why, this is why we do the games of the year of the list, we, the way that we do, right? Because the like, I, I would 100% not agree with Cobra Cabin on that list, but you know, it it's it's fine. There are so many games that aren't on this list that I would love to be on this list. There are some games on this list that I think no, nah, I wouldn't put it on this list, but we get to choose our own, you know? And the way that we do it is, we try not to make it duplicates, so that you know, and it's it's first come, first serve. And it was, it's just a shame that you know, Andy, he's 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 enjoying his FIFA. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's just it's just because it was in the
0: place of Fuser. That's the issue for me.
2: But you know, at the end of the day, we can say this now, right? There, there is a list of games, right? Like Fuser would have been on the list. I would have put it on my list too. If I could have had several, you know, it wouldn't have been my next honourable mention, or probably the one after that. But further down the line,
0: yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Like, Mars Morales should be on the list, I think. Uh, It's a good 7 out of 10 game.
2: (laughs) 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 No, yeah, fair enough.
0: There's a lot of stuff that didn't make it, but rest assured, there were some great games out this year. And they're all better than FIFA 21.
2: All like I can say is, go onto our website, click on the reviews, and and have a look through there because there are some absolute bangers that just didn't make this list. And uh, you know, in fact, I, I might just put together a list of all of the nine and tens that we put together this year and just put it up this next. Like the other
3: honourable mentions list.
1: The Crisis <laughs> Remaster isn't going to be on there, is it? <laughs> yeah,
2: no. it's just, it's no. just like you, you think about like there's there's some of the visual novels that um, we played. Um, that they just, they just deserved a mention, but you know, they, they can't, we we have four spots each. Mm. And when you, when, and and you know, normally every year I get to the end of the year and I go, well, every game i played this year has been four or five out of 10. (laughs) This year it's been like, Oh my God, there's been just too many good games. I'm just looking back through my reviews
1: alone this year. And I'm like, Oh shit, that did come out this year. And I reviewed that quite highly. Desperados three, uh, Manny's, uh,
2: Wasteland Um, three.
1: Yeah. Damer. Oh, we're not Damer. um, (laughs)
3: <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, Wavy the Rocket. That like, was a Grand Blue. Very interesting
0: game that came out yeah. this year. So Wavy the, the, the Rocket. Wavy the Rocket. That was cool. Yeah, man. I still want to play that. Yeah, there's just yeah, there's so much. We could do a worst games of the year as well. I
2: guess. Oh, did you see the Metacritic worst games of the year list? Okay. Is, Is, no, did it,
3: Cyberpunk it. the top of the worst games of the year?
2: <laughs> no. Toy um, races, something other. Okay. um It's like a th- my problem with, with the Matty worst games of the year list is that you have to have had four persons, people, sorry, persons. Yes. <laughs> will be good. You have to have had four reviews published to the Critic to make it a worse game. Ah, okay. And some of the games that I played this year. And your well, Sabec ones are going to be Exactly. There. I am the only fucking person reviewing those shitty people. Stop reviewing game. Sabec games and bringing our score down then no I've got, I've got another one on the, on the way oh <laughs> god <laughs> you will never get that average above we're, never, we're, no. never
1: gonna, we're never gonna get high games because our average is low why is our average so low because uh, <laughs> no, oh. no no this like no it has you're, to all that you're that meme of the the guy sticking a a wheel at a, a, a a fucking stick into his own spoke. You know, <laughs> we don't get
2: good games because our score's low. Stick, I'm, I'm the, guy in the game goes into the wheel.
1: Ah, damn it! This is Simex's fault. <laughs> I,
2: I, I don't like, it. like. You know, I I prefer to tell people that the games are bad and have people come to the side You and can go, just tweet that out. No, I can't. This <laughs> is not fun. Like you know, I have a thousand people. You know, following me, we get like ten thousand views on the Sabeg review. So, you know.
0: Oh, oh, man, Tamarin. Tamarin was bad as well.
2: Oh, there's been some stinkers this year.
0: Street power football. Oof. Anyway, we go on for hours.
2: <laughs> yeah, we've been going for a while, haven't we?
0: Let's go, yeah, and we've still got loads to go through. So uh. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's crack on with our most anticipated for 2021. Because 2021, at the time of recording, is 10 days away. And that means a lot of shiny new games are due. And it's going to be the first full year for two brand new systems. So we're looking at... Some pretty awesome stuff coming down the line. So I'm going to uh, start off with Toby Anderson. I'm going to knock you down to uh, to three due to time. Oh
3: my oh God. God, I can't
0: do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's collective sigh of relief. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I
1: mean, I haven't no. got work tomorrow, I'll, but I do want to go to bed at some
3: point. All right, I'll go, I'll go with three that I can say more than a sentence about, but I'll just list the others. How about that? No? No. <laughs> <laughs> just, just do three. <laughs> um, okay, well, I can't be sure that these are coming out next year. That's the trouble. Um, Okay if I have they to pick... no,
0: you've chosen them yeah, yeah
3: exactly that's my trouble so i i'm cursed that if i if i like a game it will get delayed um by at least a year i think if i'm going to pick 3 that i really 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 want for next year um i'm going to go with uh, Bio Mutant, which is the open world furry anthro crazy rpg thing that is being made um, and looks incredible you can play as a little fairy creature and you can do kung fu and you can do everything you can do in a sort of um you know open world adventure but you're a little fairy creature it's it, it looks great it looks like it's being made with um a lot of attention to detail and i can't wait for that one um my second pick will be horizon forbidden west if that actually makes it into 2021 um they they are saying it should be out by the end of 2021 so um horizon the first one needs me doesn't need me to explain how amazing that is. it was just an absolutely banging game that came out of you know almost nowhere, but it was just you know, let's fight robotic dinosaurs in an open world game it's just amazing um and you can hunt them and it gives you stealth and it gives you a great story. It was just brilliant, so another one of those please, um and I want everything the same, but better and I'll go for an indie one i this one got delayed, and I was really looking forward to it Chris Tails um that one just it looks so beautiful and i've played a demo of it it's like a 2d homage to old jrpgs but just with this weird time mechanic it's got a sort of stylishness of persona but um it's being made with you know by people who clearly love final fantasy um and and that will be a, a cracker of a game when it comes out um but obviously there are you know dozens um, of other ones next year it looks even stronger than this year which is ridiculous because this year Apart from, obviously, the global bastard that has happened. It, 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 for, for games, it was incredibly strong.
0: Um, By global bastard, you mean Cyberpunk?
3: I, I mean Cyberpunk and COVID, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the, there's, uh, the, I could list another dozen very, very easily.
0: Wow, no love for Scarlet Nexus there, man. Huh? Scarlet Nexus is like the next one. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate, isn't it? <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: no, I'll be quiet. Nah. I'll be quiet. Nah. You could have had Scarlet Nexus because you picked one of mine. If you'd have conferred with me instead of your list of fifty, you could have had Scarlet Nexus. Dang
0: it!
3: Oh. You're going to go for Horizon?
0: No. Toby's <laughs> not got now. No. Toby's not getting Cobra Scarlet Nexus now. Unlike, unlike I've Toby, covered it, I it enough, family. Like? <laughs> right. Nah. Uh, Great kicks. You're three anticipated for 2021. Well,
1: unlike Toby, I've got three different games <laughs> Uh Hitman Three because. Like another one on my list. Um I've had that revitalization by playing Hitman 2 recently. Uh, I said the other week I bought the gold edition on the PS4 and stupidly started getting into it before Cyberpunk came out. Same with Batman Arkham Knight, which was dumb. But now I've gone back to Batman as well. But yeah, I look at, I've had that revitalized feeling towards why I loved Hitman before. And I'm now... Very much looking forward to Hitman Three because it just looks like more of the same but better and I might actually have a PS Five by the time it comes out. Oh wait, no, it's coming out January or something, isn't it? So probably not. um I was gonna pick Horizon, but not now. uh Second one is gonna be Death Loop because I love a good arcane first person shooter. Well, I like Dishonored, which isn't really a shooter. I like to pray, but didn't really really go back to it. But I like the mechanic of Death Loop. I don't know what the overall story is yet but i i love a good time travel deja vu style uh game so i'm quite looking forward to that and if i had to pick a third one in keeping with the hitman theme it's going to be gotham knights because Hmm. the idea of carrying on with the uh the batman universe post arkham knight um even though it's not being made by rocksteady which is a bit of a bummer I think it's got potential. Uh, the fact that you can team up with the, what are they called? I don't know. Batman's protégés.
3: The Arkham family or the Bat yeah, family? Bat bat, bat, family, I suppose. The Bat kids. Bat
1: kids. Bat kids. That's a series, <laughs> isn't it? You've
3: taken one of mine. This is on my list of a dozen.
1: Oh, well, you have so to back down, didn't you? <laughs> um, it's going to be like SWAT cats, isn't it? You know, Bat kids. Um, yeah, just the concept behind that looks pretty good. And I hope they don't balls it up like they did with Gotham Imposters and that was shit. So I think there's potential there that you can switch between, you know, the the Bat Kids and get your friends involved, but hopefully keep the core mechanics of what makes the, the rock Rocksteady Batman's great because Origins was weak. So yeah, we shall see. So yeah, Hitman Three, Gotham Knights, and Deathloop of of my sort of outside pick. I mean, there's obviously sequels, you know, Horizon, blah blah blah, blah but yeah, I don't want to say anything and do a Toby and jinx everything. What I'd really like next year is to get a PS5. Yeah. Same. But if failing that, Bravely Default 2 on Switch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, Hitman's like three weeks away now, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's really close. I better actually finish Hitman 2 then.
2: Yeah, maybe.
0: Mr. Sean Davies, your top three for
2: 2021. I have a list of 35. <laughs> <laughs> but unlike... <Okay>. Top, well... <laughs> just, the top, okay. just, just the top 17. Uh, Go on. Okay, all right. Okay, well, top one, Oddworld, Soulstorm. I've been waiting for this game for what feels like two decades because I think it probably is two decades. Um, it's the continuation of the Abe Quintology and I cannot wait to play it. It looks very different than the original game that it's kind of inspired but not inspired by. And anything odd, odd world I'm involved in, I, I, I just want it now. Lord Lining is a genius and I cannot wait to play this game. Second one, Lego Star Wars. My God, I have missed Lego games this year.
0: Yeah, right. There's not been a single one, is there this year?
2: I know it is. It has felt horrible not having a Lego game. <laughs> Just like not like every other year, there's been at least one released. You know, normally I've been through two or three a year. This year, there's been nothing. And I'll be honest with you, I've been sitting there twiddling my thumbs, waiting for some for, for it to arrive. And I am desperate for this game now. And I hope to God that they haven't changed it too much. That they have changed it enough to satisfy all of these people that have been like, the Lego games are all the same, so that it'll actually get the, the audience that it deserves. And last one, random pick. Sherlock Holmes, chapter one. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, I, I really like the Sherlock Holmes games, the Cram Punishments, and The Devil's Daughter, etc. I know, I know. Um, and just this, this one just looks um, like the best version of those games including The Sinking City which I know that you didn't like but I quite no. I know Sucks Okay I... that game is. Absolute trash How is They you didn't even talk to me about it? it
0: I'm so angry <laughs> I'm so angry you brought that up
2: I'm really looking forward to Sinking City The Definitive Edition releasing towards oh, 2021. No. <laughs>
0: games I, I quite
2: like Look a Sinking City and I thought Call cool, of Cthulhu was alright as well Yeah like, Frogwares are just, like, the masters of the AA game, you know. They're not AAA, they're not indie, they're just, uh eh, in the uh, uh, game.
0: Yeah, I would just shit anything out it was freaking... Yeah, that's what All they right. do, essentially. All right, Fucking awful.
2: <laughs>
0: what are your games of the year? Uh, well, The Sinking City, no. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: I'm going to start off with Hogwarts Legacy. Ugh. Um, I know, shut sure. <laughs> up. This is a game I've wanted for years. This was announced years. This was teased years ago. I was like, Harry Potter RBG. You play as a student of Hogwarts? Yes. And then it just disappeared. And then it came back this year and it got me really excited. And I don't care if the internet cancels me for playing it. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to be a student of Hogwarts. Even if I I have to buy the game pre-owned just so none of my money goes to J.K. Rowling, then I will.
2: All right? Don't worry. Every time the studio says we we've got little and less to do with J.K. Rowling, I am more inclined to buy the game. Yeah, if they, they should just call it Harry Blobber and just make it <laughs> exactly it's Hogweed or whatever Harry
0: Trotter, yeah, yeah. Wart Legacy.
1: It's fine. What's wrong with um J.K. Rowling? Oh. <laughs> no time, Greg. No time. Has she got wildly different views to what other people think? Sometimes? no time, Greg.
2: No time. <laughs>
0: Uh, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is my other one because it just looks phenomenal. Uh, I can't wait to play a pure PS5 Ratchet & Clank game. Uh, every every time I see that game, they keep showing the same level over and over again, which is something we accuse Avengers of, I know. But man, this looks absolutely sick. And I trust Insomniac to do wonderful things with that, uh, with that new one. And I think my other one was going to be Halo Infinite because it's Halo. What? And I wasn't <laughs> sure about it at that reveal uh, the other month. I was like, mm, it doesn't look fantastic. But now they've put it back to, what, this time next year? It's, uh, yeah, there's a lot to get excited about because it's just pure, pure freaking Halo. And I've missed having Halo in my life. So much so that I'm playing through the Master Chief collection right now on my Xbox and having a great time with it. So yeah, Halo and Ratchet and Hogwarts. It's going to be an interesting year. I mean, there's so much coming out. I mean, no one said Ragnarok. If it yeah. makes it. That's not coming out this year. Yeah,
3: that uh, it we'll makes see. it next year. Ragnarok, Ragnarok,
0: Ragnarok. Uh, Keener and the Wild Spirits? Keener, Bridger Spirits. What was Ragnarok? Yes, God of War Ragnarok. Oh, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yeah, Keener, Bridger Spirits was on my other yeah, list. It, it was on it. my longer list.
0: Yeah, I imagine it was. Uh, Resident Evil Village? Yeah. Yep. Stray? Yeah. Stray, Yes! Oh, the cat a game one. when you play as a cat, come on!
1: Yeah, can't wait for that cyberpunk cat. This is the in it.
2: <laughs> Lord Winklebottom yeah. investigates. Yes, it of is. course. That's meant to <laughs> yeah.
3: be quarter one, isn't
1: it? It is. So come we've on. all picked three games, and now we're talking about more games. Oh yeah, we're just <laughs> picking more. <laughs> yeah, There's just so much. <laughs> oh, yeah, <that laughs> oh yeah, that one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. Skull and, Nexus. Skull and Bones. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ
3: got no, the no, Bones right. ain't coming out <laughs>
0: <laughs> no what we've got to do is just make sure Toby doesn't want the game because then it won't yeah that's true I'm amazed that Mutant isn't out yet I thought that game had I, yeah, come I and gone it looked done keep, didn't it
3: on that last I, trailer
0: it really I keep did.
1: getting that confused with Mutant Zero the turn based one
2: yeah it, wasn't that because mm. Toby wrote an article about it yes <laughs> and it just got delayed the next day <laughs> Toby's, like, Toby's
1: like the death note of game releases
3: <laughs> I'm just going to not write any more prequels no uh, pre previews, sorry previews.
1: Just put, no just. Please put do. I hope it doesn't come out. Yeah, <laughs> I really don't want this game. Game, <laughs> I don't want to come out.
3: Oh, I've I've missed. I've forgotten Nirvana as well. Nirvana, the the bar, cyberpunk bartender action as well. That
1: one.
2: Awesome. Oh, that's that, that, that's another been,
3: one that's been delayed because of me. But that, I think mm. that's been
2: delayed indefinitely. Yeah, uh,
3: in, it could be another year or so before yet. Grand Grand
2: yeah. Blues RPG.
3: Grand Blue has been delayed to twenty twenty two, because I wanted it.
1: Yeah, open Roses is a, good as I well. i think of pattern emerging here, Toby. Yeah, emerging Christ, where do I come from?
0: Uh, yeah, well, the point is there's a lot of stuff coming out next year, and we're very, very excited for them. And well, the future is bright for video games as it always,
2: always is. All
0: right, then let's round this thing off with the quiz answers. Who,
2: Mr. Sean Davies? Let's do this. Okay, question one uh, was from from Persona am not about. Uh, what do we call the phenomenon where believing in a treatment's power is enough to improve your condition? Uh, Toby, what did you put down?
3: The placebo effect.
2: The placebo effect is the correct answer. Oh,
1: originally I wrote holistic, and then I put faith instead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holistic would made sense, makes sense it? I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> holistic would so, make yeah. sense
2: because it's all bullshit as well. Um, <laughs> Question two, Resident Evil 2, uh, on the hard mode of Resident Evil 2, what item is required in order to save the game? Greg?
1: Ink ribbons. Ink ribbons is correct. And yes, Toby, you were right, it's the same thing you use in every other game.
3: Yeah, I've written typewriter ribbons, but yeah.
1: Well, it's not a typewriter ribbon, it's an ink ribbon. Hmm,
3: it is a
2: typewriter ribbon. Oh dear. <laughs> Sean, adjudicate <laughs> oh do you know i, I don't care oh. <laughs> come on sean
3: what do you put the ink ribbon in
2: yeah but
1: it's not it's not it's not a ribbon that goes in the typewriter it's an ink it, it is yeah but it it's not part of the ribbon typewriter. that goes it's in typewriter. the typewriter. it's not part of the typewriter it doesn't go
3: in anything else
2: okay come on sean <laughs> okay. Question make a decision is, yeah come on Sean. This, this is not a the type, trophy. for the it? right the actual name of the item is ink ribbon but you can yeah. only use them in a typewriter so that's not what he said typewriter ribbon
1: doesn't make that sense, sense. <laughs> it does it's like it doesn't it's
2: not a typewriter ribbon it's a ribbon of ink that goes right, in you, a typewriter
3: you use a typewriter without one all
2: right all right L- let me just let me just say this when we get to a question later on and greg puts down, tells me the wrong answer right, <laughs> but it's almost right yeah yep. we'll come back to I'm this i'm gonna moment. have at it <laughs> so let's just let's pause this and let's see what happens later on okay um okay question three <laughs> right, right. This is
0: the last one of the year.
2: Yeah, but I mean, we're going to get to the end of it, and you're all going to get a draw anyway. You've told me or ahead of time that you're all <laughs> going to lie about your score. So. <laughs> okay. You've Question got three. our answers,
1: so we can't.
3: Uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Question three. It does matter. You made it matter. <laughs> <laughs> it matters more than any other quiz, man. <laughs>
2: Okay, question three, Red um, Dead Redemption 2, uh, how did John Marston get his iconic face wounds? Uh, Russ?
0: Uh, wolves clawed his face off.
2: That's correct. Uh, yes. I'll take wolf attack, wolf um, scratch. I will not take bear attack.
1: Well, obviously not, because it's the wrong answer, and I accept that. <laughs> how big of you? <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's got claws as well. Uh, like, <laughs> what else, you, what else would, you, would you put claws in? It's also an animal. Fuck's sake. yeah, it's also got four legs. <laughs> see, that's how, you, that's how you can see Toby in yeah. style. You get it wrong four, and you accept it.
2: <laughs> question four: What is the name of the king of Hyrule in Breath of the Wild? Is it King Remo, King Red Leon, or King Rome? Uh, Greg? It's King Rome. King Rome. 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 Roham. Uh, Roham, yeah. Roham, Rome, I can't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, question something other, Uncharted for. in the opening chapter, <laughs> Nate is wearing a wetsuit with Otzel on it. The name Otzel is a callback to which other Naughty Dog game, Toby? Uh,
3: Jack and Daxter, and it is <laughs> a species of what Daxter is.
2: Fuck. that is correct yes. I knew
1: it wasn't fucking Crash Bandicoot and I just took a punt on the last of us
2: bollocks okay alright <laughs> <laughs> I forget they made uh, more than two games <laughs> so the Metal Gear Solid 5 the Phantom Pain question uh, players who completed the Deja Vu mission and Metal Gear Solid 5 ground zeros received what when they played the Phantom Pain uh, who am I on Ross no, I have no idea okay Greg
1: uh, it's the ah fuck. It's not the Ground Zeroes. I'm
2: gonna have to require the exact words here. Mate.
1: <laughs> <The> <laughs> PlayStation One version of Solid Snake's
2: outfit. So oh, that's not what quite I got. right. It's a polygonal Metal Gear Solid One Solid Snake skin. Oh um, no! <laughs> yeah, you are right. Oh, no. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's the it's the chunky PlayStation One skin for sake. So if you've cool. got something around that that ballpark, yeah.
1: okay, when well, you've you got look. little patches,
2: yeah, like no, you, you,
1: you find the patches in ground zeroes, which unlocks the HIV uh, mission. Oh come on, Toby! Fuck's
2: sake! God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, question, Smash Bros. Um, so, <laughs> 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 which of the following, <laughs> which of the following, wasn't a character on Smash Bros. for Were you? Was it Sonic, the Wii Fit Trainer, or Banjo Kazooie? Uh, Toby,
3: I just guessed Sonic.
2: Ooh. Oh. oh, Ross Banjo Kazooie Banjo Kazooie, correct. So we awesome.
0: only added to Super Smash Bros. Ultimate this year, yeah. Toby, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
3: well, Sonic is technically right,
0: nope, uh, it's not
2: okay. They put him in the Wii U version. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, yeah with with draw. same with Solid Snake. Uh, okay, Cloud. question the next one uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 uh, Who is the first person you play as in the game? Oh. Uh, Ross.
0: Uh, you play as Michael first.
2: That is correct. Oh yeah. th- fuck! Damn! Because I couldn't remember who gets told to guard the bank clerks. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then you swatch over when Michael gets grabbed. To that's Trevor. right. I could only
3: remember Trevor's name anyway, so that's why I wrote Trevor.
2: Uh, fair enough. Um, question nine: uh, Telltale is The Walking Dead, In this game, Kenny in- and Catch's son kenny jr was better known by what name greg why do you find this funny because <laughs> it's your favorite word because it's duck. it is it <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> yeah the answer is duck 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 um and question 10 uh Arkham city what does who does batman save a cat from first uh toby uh two-face two-face is correct yeah Bravo chaps, that sounded like you all did rather well. I don't know. I don't think I did actually. I did
3: very well at the beginning and then just fucking sucked at the end.
2: Okay. Well let let's let's see who got the most. That's let's... what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh Greg, how many did you get? Uh seven by the looks of it. Seven? <laughs> Ross? <laughs> seven. Oh, no. Toby?
3: Uh six. Oh
2: no! You mispronounced seven, dude. <laughs> seven. You forgot the rules. I am giving you ink ribbon, so you can. <laughs> no, that's one
3: of my six. <laughs> oh. five.
2: Five, <laughs> so five. I've included it already. <laughs> <laughs> well, Time. we we have we have dreamers then. So obviously Ross was the returning winner for this season of our podcast. He is a two-time winner. Yeah. What? No, you said this is an individual you, this is Yeah. 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 How, does, how does last year's carry over? No, 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 no. So, so Ross is a two time winner, but you, you are uh, co champion. So you are co champions this year, which is the worst fucking thing in the world. Um, so <laughs> at the start of next, uh, next year, we're going to have like a tiebreaker because I really can't. It is fucking, what is it, 11 o'clock? <laughs> yeah, <pretty much. laughs> I'd rather lose than be co
3: champion. <laughs> Oh, yeah! Oh, because <laughs> right, you did.
1: Maybe you can go and Just, write about it with your uh, typewriter ribbons. Need those
2: <laughs> to put your ink. <laughs> uh, Paul got zero out of ten, and Andy got zero out of ten too. So beat them There you go. Makes you feel a little bit better, Tobes, There you go.
0: Hey, Greg, we're champions! Yay! Yay. Can't believe the hey, author I, I,
1: didn't. I can't believe the author called them typewriter ribbons. <laughs>
3: I'd love to see what um you know what what the internet thinks of this. Whether they whether that's actually oh, perfectly that's gonna be, acceptable.
2: There's going to be another fucking internet ca- like Twitter account attacking me about typewriter Def- ribbons. Def- <laughs> defense, for Tobes. I think there
3: should be defense. Typewriter ribbons is fine. Mm.
2: Mm.
0: Mm.
3: They're ribbons. They go in typewriters. It's done. It's not a typewriter ribbon. Who cares about, about the name of it? That's
0: not a name of it though, is it? <laughs>
3: I didn't think this was going to be the most contentious
2: bit of this whole of I like the game of the I, year thing. I like that you thought <laughs> that I was going to
0: argue about the wolf question. I
1: was
2: like, no, I got that wrong. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was more about the Metal Gear Solid question because I knew you knew the answer and you wrote down something similar but you just couldn't remember the word of it. Well, no,
1: because I, I wrote down because you get the Ground Zero suit for playing... Ground zeroes, but when you said déjà vu specifically, I was like shit because I know you get the, the grey fox suit later on or the riding suit. No, you don't get the grey fox suit at all. That's in Revengeance, and I was like, Oh pissed. You get when did you get the polygon suit?
2: Yes, That's <sighs> the one. Oof.
0: yeah, I like Metal Gear Solid. Could you go into Office <laughs> World and say, I need some typewriter ribbon do you think they'd know what you mean I don't think it even existed when you would have walked <laughs> okay, in there they, and
2: got they, them they would, they would 100% know what, they, what you meant if you went in and said typewriter ribbon mm, they look at you like, they'd they just say you mean ink ribbon don't you and you would be like yes you really do. <laughs> when, you, when you say can
1: I have Halo on the Nintendo oh you mean the Xbox <laughs> right we just thought you were special so we know what you mean but we're going to look at you cock eyed mm. and they will probably walk off going oh, typewriter ribbon
2: <laughs> well I heard on the Phoenix podcast that typewriter ribbon was the right thing to say <laughs> Uh, sorry, I can't no, wait no, that right. village comes out and they replace it with typewriter. Type <laughs> 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 well, they're,
1: all, they're all a bit of a backwards village, so they might call it that.
2: There you go.
0: Uh, right then, sorry, Toby. <laughs> but what an ending to the last podcast of the year. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed it. for listening on this episode, and of course, all year round. Uh, we've hit some pretty high milestones in our listening. uh uh, numbers this year and so if you have listened all the way through thank you so very much and we hope that you enjoy it and hope that you will stick with us uh moving into 2021 and uh yeah i love making the podcast it's a lot of fun as you can probably tell and no matter how much we want to go to bed we actually do enjoy doing this it's a lot of fun so i hope that comes across and thank you again for listening anyone got anything to say before we disappear yeah
1: just just like you said thank you to everyone that listens or even it's like Half listens to a podcast in the background, or takes in everything that we say with fervor and then creates Twitter accounts defending choice questions <laughs> and yeah, just even beyond the podcast, just thank you for everyone that's you know supported us this year and read our stuff and got us to where we are and obviously you know that has led us to getting onto to metacritic and opening new channels and stuff and yeah, just big thank and obviously thank you to Toby and Andy coming on board. And uh, yeah, anyone else?
3: I was going to say thank you for having me. It's been a really, really fun year to join Finger Guns. Um, and it's got me through lockdown and it's got me through a horrible year. So yeah, really, really grateful. And uh, hopefully we can continue um, to go from strength to strength. Because obviously, as you say, Metacritic was this year as well. So that's really cool.
0: It too.
1: And it's a shame we couldn't see everyone at EGX this year.
0: Yeah, man. I hope we can get that next year. Mm. It's not looking likely, but hopefully we can. We can.
2: Uh, Sean? I just want to say this year's been awesome. I know it hasn't been awesome, but you know, for us, we, we went from a place where we were scrambling together to get like seven reviews a month together to a place where we're doing almost forty a month regularly with a team of writers that I am incredibly proud to call a team. You know, I have never seen quality like this come out at this rate from anyone. And uh, yeah, I'm very proud of you guys and I'm very proud of what we've put together on the site and on the podcast, which I think we have a great, good laugh. And I think, you know, last week we've had some really great feedback to say people really love this podcast. You know, it's not the biggest podcast, you know, it's not, you know, fucking IGMs beyond whatever it's called. But, you know, the people that listen to us like us, that's, so that's all I care about. And uh, I'm really glad that we've got this little corner of the internet we can call our own. And thank you for everyone that listens to us and reads us because. You know we've hit some. You know we've we've had more traffic this year than ever. We've had more losses than ever. We've been on Metacritic. We've produced more reviews, and we hope that we can continue, continue to do that for as long as possible. Because um, I really fucking enjoy it. So thank you.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you in 2021. It's goodbye from Toby Anderson. Bye, Nara. Goodbye from Greg Kicks. Goodbye. Goodbye from John Davies. Toodles. And goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. Happy Christmas. Happy New Year. And we'll see you next time.